Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers back in the oh. studio. Andrew Marsh here. I'm Anthony Stalter. 201, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, back from Canada. Yeah, the Great White North, baby. How was the trip? Oh, it was It was good. It was... Um, Good-ish? No, well, look, obviously, let, let's, let's put uh, hockey on one side, and let's put just, like, life or in general to the other side, and... The trip itself was fun. I haven't been out to Western Canada in a long time. Like a long time. Like 15 years, Anthony. Um, not much has changed. The Cal- Calgary Saddle Dome looks literally like the day I left it the last time. Really? Yeah, that's why they're getting a new rink, for obvious reasons. Um, it was freezing cold in Calgary. Winnipeg was, eh. Calgary was freezing cold with snow on the ground. That was like a smack in the face with a cold frying pan. You walk out, the Saddle Dome has this door in the back of it where you the, the bus pulls up, you go into the rink. And I had forgotten about this until it happened again. Mm-hmm. And the way it comes down, it's like a tunnel down to where the parking is, but then it's all cement walls. So the wind comes whipping down there and has nowhere to go. So it just kind of circulates in that area. We walk out from Morning Skate and it's like, whop! The cold air is like, yeah, I go, oh, that's right. We're in Calgary. I remember this crap now. Not quite as bad as si- Siberia. No, no. Siberia was like someone shot a cannon of needles into my face. Um, <laughs> this was a little different, but uh, it was fun. I got to catch up with some. You know what's fun about this job right now is I'm able to reconnect with old teammates and guys I played against mm-hmm. that I would never have the chance to because they live all over the place. So, like, in Winnipeg, I got to reconnect with Kevin Sawyer, former Blues player, a tough guy, came in here. He was my first roommate playing pro hockey. He does the analyst job for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. So we were working, like, 10 feet away from each other in Winnipeg. So that was kind of cool to reconnect with him. Um, then one of their assistant coaches, Wade Flaherty, was a teammate of mine with the New York New York Islanders, Anthony. Jamie Rivers mm-hmm. of the New York Islanders. So we got to talk for a little bit, and then we went to Calgary and Craig Conroy. Former Blues player, uh, I mean, a, one of the favorite Blues player. He's their GM now, and I saw him, and I, I, he saw me first. He's like, hey, Sugar! And I'm like, hey, what's up? So I go sit with him in, like, the GM's box, talking to him for, like, 35 minutes and catching up on things. And then you get to Vancouver, and the same guy, his name's Johnny, by the way, he has worked the locker room for, I think, 30 years now. And I saw him. I couldn't believe he was still working. So, anyway, it's just, you know... It's kind of fun to reconnect with everybody. Yeah. 
And it was cool to be back Western Canada. You get to see some things you haven't seen in a while. And the Blues, eh, it was hot, cold. It was, it was cold, then hot, then cold. It, it's kind of been that way all year. It's win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. I, I don't want it to continue that way. I, I know the players don't want it to continue that way. But at least you haven't put together eight losses in a row yet. You know, there's always that. Mm. No? I don't know if that should be the the well, measuring stick. That's but, my campaign right now. Uh, there's always that. Yeah. Mm. We'll get into the blues in a little bit. Okay. Speaking of the blues, though, uh, Marsh, you killed it with your Halloween costume over the weekend. So Marsh, Marsh went you. to a Halloween party. Oh, I saw that, and I, I right away, I was like, "That is awesome." <laughs> he, na- he nailed it. So he, everybody has seen the infamous Ozzy Osbourne uh, mug shot, mm-hmm. where he's wearing the blues. I don't even. I don't know. What, is it, it wasn't a sweater. It's just, it's a, just, reg- it's just a shirt. Just a it's regular like a blues long sleeve shirt. or three quarter sleeve, like yeah. a totally old school rock shirt but has the blues on it it's an awesome t- i wish i could find that damn t-shirt no kidding marsh remade it yep remade the photo Would recreated use, the photo uh, bubble paint for it i just used fabric paint yeah just recreated it Looked good Put a little slit in the in the top of it and who did the blue out. note for you my girlfriend did. Yeah, I was going nice. to say, no yeah. way you no had the shot. No I way. Made that. <laughs> <laughs> that was way too I nice. I looked at it, I go, there, there's no way. Like, I know Marsh, he likes to sing and rap, and he's he's artistic to yeah. a, a certain point. But That's I like a different ar- artistic Yeah, I was like, I don't think set. I see my guy being able to do that. Right. I mean, I was a graphic design major up until I ended up switching to broadcasting. Yeah, but that's but with computers. That is with computers, and I cannot draw. freehand. No. Cannot draw. <laughs> no. So I did everything else, and she helped me with the with the blue note. You know what's funny about that Ozzy Osbourne thing is um, during the 2019 uh, Cup run, there's a, a guy, his name's Chris Lake, and he works at a, a radio station or a... a it's more of a podcast station in Edwardsville, where I did a podcast a long time ago with Darren Kimball, and he had connections to Ozzy Osbourne through a mutual friend. And so during that cup run, I remember he asked me about getting a blues jersey and all this stuff. And so we sent the jersey to Ozzy Osbourne, who probably had no idea what the hell was going on, mm-hmm. but his representatives told him, hey, by the way, this is the team when you got arrested, you're wearing their, you know, and there's like, holy crap. So <laughs> Ozzy put on the jersey. It had mm-hmm. Osborne on the back of it. Nice. And he posed. And I remember that that picture was circulating too. That's really cool. I saw that on the internet because obviously I used the photo as reference to mm-hmm. to make the shirt and whatnot, the whole look. And I saw the the updated version of him wearing the, oh, yeah, the jersey. Awesome. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Awesome. Now, the other news with Marsh, though. Yeah, oh. no, Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, great. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, well, actually, Friday was okay. Obviously, the when we'll get into it, the Blues yeah. losing. Yeah, but you're um, at a party, right? Yeah, so. so that's fine. Uh, yeah, Sunday, not so, not so great, Anthony. Hmm. So our guy James, who will leave us mic drops throughout the show, and he'll, he'll text us or he'll reach out to us on Twitter. James reached out over the weekend and said, hey, at Anthony Stalter and at Jamie Rivers 08, you guys need to check on Marshy Marsh after this Cousins news. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. that's really tough. That's you that, know what? That's tough on so many different levels. Yeah. Well, they started to get so you you got the you got the win over the 49ers. You took care of business yesterday. You're mm-hmm. four and four. Crazy things happen. 
in the NFL, and we've seen that the last two weeks. Who knows? Maybe the Raiders stumble into Detroit tonight. The Lions forget who they are, and they lose. Yeah, probably not. Probably not, but now the Lions would be 5-3, and three and the Vikings are right there on their heels at 4-4, four and four, except you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I wasn't so much concerned with problem? the uh, with the division. Big time problem. I, I I mean, even when we did our, our preseason predictions, I had them as the seven seed, which is basically where they're at right now. Um, but at the time he got injured, I was like, oh man, like he rolled his ankle. Hopefully he'll be okay. But now we have to worry about Jaron Hall coming in, and I was looking Wait, at my friend exactly. I'm looking at my friend. I'm like, we're going to lose Taylor this Hall? game. Tyson. Taylor Hall's playing Badgets. for the Vikings. Yeah, Taylor Hall. Yeah. As well. Uh, but I'm like, dude, we're going to lose this game. Like, we're they're going to come back. Jordan Love somehow is going to do what he did against uh, the Saints, make their way back. Luckily, they didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd rather lose that game and have Kirk Cousins healthy for the rest of the year. I feel like that's probably what I would love. I think you would. I think so, too. I think I'd trade, I'd, I'd trade a loss for a healthy Kirk. Yeah, that's but, tough. But then I'm looking at Twitter, and I see the Achilles injury. I go, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, but then you look at Aaron Rodgers, and he's like almost ready to play. Yeah, he's ready to go. What kind of witchcraft has that guy got going on? Well, he's, he was dating an actual witch for a while, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, blue of earth. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he, she's got some special potions Yeah, that she's like drizzling all over him. <laughs> Maybe. And like... You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like his re- Achilles. Reconnecting the yeah. Achilles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant. No doubt. Massage is a great way to stimulate areas to absolutely you know, get better. Get yeah. the blood flow. Yeah. Going. Massage is the best way to get the blood flowing. Sure. It is proven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By many people. Mm-hmm. Mm. So sorry about uh, Kirky Cousins there, buddy. Yeah, it's okay. That's, that's tough. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, though. I have no idea. Well, now do you start? Do you, do you trade Daniel Hunter? I mean, do you just start no. trading off pieces? No. At this Ride point? it out. Ride it out. We'll see what Jaron Hall can do. Taylor Hall is Jamie calls him. Monty Hall. And uh Let's make a deal. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll <laughs> trade for Jameis Winston. Maybe they'll sign Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan will come out of the booth. RG3 uh-huh. said he's available. Is he? That's good. Yeah. Carson yeah. Wentz, though, went to North Dakota State, so obviously he has been up in the area before. Uh-huh. How um, how long until uh, somebody says that Colin Kaepernick is interested? I think Colin Kaepernick will probably throw it out there. Will he write them a letter too? He's interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't played in how long? Five years? Uh, he hasn't played since twenty what seventeen? Yeah, I think five six years. It's been right? a while, give or take. It's been a hot minute. Like he he may have been able to do something before, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. Good, right. good thing is, though, that they, they have a pretty, I, I won't call it soft, but it's a manageable schedule coming up, and it starts with your Atlanta Falcons. Who are terrible. Which, by the way, as it sits right now, Jamie Jamie's, is the one set up for the Waffle House correct, Challenge. because they're both 4-4. Four and four. So right now, Jamie Jamie's in line. Yeah, I hate both of the, you for that, by the way, because I did not agree to that at all. You guys... You guys voted on it and excluded me from the vote. 2016, and, by the way, for Colin. Cameron. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. So, my, ne- but next week you mm-hmm. guys play against each other. Yeah, so you're yeah. good. You're good. You're going to be good for a week. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll turn we'll turn Taylor Hall here into 
the second coming of Will Levis but after we got, turned Will Levis into the second coming of Brett Favre. You got Kyle's law though. Yes, if you stick with him. Yeah. You might as well play Taylor Heineke at this point. He came in yesterday. They did the Falcons did a Ritter what the Browns did to Deshaun. Like you you're good, you're medically cleared. Uh, you don't look good, pal. How about you? How about you stay over there? After he fumbled again, he's got he's got 18 turnovers. Arthur Smith looks like someone who gets out of bed in the morning and forgets where he is every day. But, but if you listen to him talk, he's the smartest guy in the room at all at all times. Until, no, until he talks, then I know confirmed that he's not the smartest guy in the room. Right? Although he thinks it, he, he believes it. He believe he believes it. You know what that makes him Anthony. Dangerous. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Which is why I'm sure he'll start Desmond Ritter on Sunday. Uh, this is what the Falcons do. They have their backup tight ends. Yeah, throw them to each the other. Football and catch the ball, and they have their number one tight end who they drafted in the first round blocking. That's correct. That's the Falcons. Yeah, he's he's Henry Winkler in the Water Boy. <laughs> he's up there on the on the. He's like we have Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Last three first round picks, all in the top ten. And he goes, this is what we're going to do, boys. Watch this. Bijan, you're going to be on the bench. Kyle, you're going to block on this one. Uh, Drake, you're going to block. We're going to have the backup tight end, John o. Smith, throw to the third string tight end, Mike, Michael Pruitt. What the are you doing? That's a hell of a trick play, Anthony. And when it worked in practice, it was awesome. Ish. Against a defense that made Will Levis look like Favre. Four touchdowns. Four tutties yesterday. What's your problem with Will Levis? This guy was a... A big draft pick for those guys, and you don't like him. He, you treat him like he's terrible, and here he is out here. All he's doing is throwing dimes. He's gonna be a freaking Pro Bowler. <laughs> All I'll say is, if you're a Titan fan, you're excited today. It's that's great. You know, he looked great throwing those 50-50 balls to wide open wide receivers. He did. He looked great. You know what? I sense a little bit of snark on that one. He'll probably do it against the Steelers, the too. Trojan horse on Thursday. The crap sandwich in that. I, I did he a little. great throwing those 50-50 balls. You guys were wide open. I'm upset. I had a rough, rough pick mm. I, I am going to get shot the twice. Panthers over the I the certainly Houston did, Texans. Marsh. I certainly did until I swapped it up right before kickoff yesterday. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Wait, seriously, how, what is wrong with you? How many years have we, that two years straight now, we've told you you can't do that anymore. Stop. And what do you do? I flip. You're the dog with the the shock collar, right? Yes. And you learn. Uh, it takes a while. You get shocked so much so that you foam at the mouth and maybe yeah. crap on the floor, and then yes, you finally do learn, ish, and then you think at one point like it's been a while. Maybe it doesn't work that way anymore. Right. And you go right to the edge and you you get zapped again and That's crap correct. your pants again and you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done. I that. I shouldn't have done that. That's you're absolutely right. I have no You're excuse. You're supposed to learn from that, Anthony. One would think. One would think. There's a little beep that happens first, mm -hmm. and then you get zapped. Yeah. Do you know why I know that? Because you've done it. You've put the shock collar on you. Held it in my hand because we had Akitas, and uh, he wasn't reacting at all to the invisible fence. Yeah. Like, honestly, like it wasn't even there. So I was like, maybe they installed it wrong. Maybe the batteries are wrong. <laughs> So I was holding this box in my... I actually kept upgrading the box to where we got to a horse box, like the size of a cell phone, on the side of this dog's neck. Yeah. And I'm holding this thing because it's still very little reaction from the dog. Mm -hmm. I go, I'm going to test it out. Seems like a great idea. Yeah. I'm walking close. I hear... Beep, 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 then flop! Like, <laughs> it felt like I got stabbed in the hand. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell kind of crap is that dog on? Right. 
I think, <laughs> see, Jamie, I think I'm the Akita. Yeah. I'm actually you. Yeah. With it hold, hold my knowing I should get shot. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. Called the Panthers I did on mm. Friday. And you flipped. Did it on Gridiron Guys on Thursday. I was so sure the Panthers were going to win a first freaking game. I said it on Thursday with Kerry Davis, who looked at me sideways, just like you guys did. And I started thinking to myself, I can't do this to my team. The Texans are going to win this one. Nope. I, Idiots. You've been doing nothing but buying Texans stock. Yeah. The stack them. I know. The Stalter stack them. They're in the top 10. Well, that's the current. That's that's the kiss of death. So I'm going to put the Bengals right there at 10. <laughs> so just because you want to be right? Just because I want to be right. Because I'm clearly wrong about them. It's an inconsistency of roster construction problems for the Blues. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This one's over. A tough one tonight for the St. Louis Blues as they're shut out by the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, we got outskated nowhere. Took three penalties in the first period. Four, maybe. I mean, you're on your heels. We got out of there one nothing, so gave up another goal. and Just sloppy. Not very good. Chris Kerber on the call over the weekend. And then, of course, Craig Berube talking about the ugly loss of the Blues. Here's how it goes. Here's how it's, it has gone so far for the Blues. Shootout loss, shootout win, terrible loss, win, loss, win, another bad loss. Jamie, in your what? I just I, what are you looking at me? Why that is it for? a bad I'm, loss? I'm, what about a good win? It was like it was an ugly loss. Well, what about a good win the night before? Yeah, it was a good win. You didn't say that. No, just a win. Yeah. I don't understand why you highlight one and not the other. If you're going to tell the story, tell it. Okay. Shootout loss. That was good. Shootout win, that was good. An ugly loss, a solid win, a loss, a really nice win, and then another ugly loss. There you go. Thank you. Was it hurt? Was that hurt? I mean, it just it didn't need it. Yeah, no, it wasn't. You're right. It was it was fine. Uh Jamie. Not right, it was fine. In your estimization here. Estimization. In your guesstimization. Yeah. What is it about this lack of consistency for the blues? Is it just a roster? No, I don't think it's a roster. Look, the roster is what it is at this point. I think that this is a group that's still getting used to each other. Like, you say what you want about preseason, and everybody thinks, oh, you got eight games in preseason. The first couple of games were split squad. So you had two games that were on the same day with two different, completely different teams that were playing at the same time, one here and one in Wichita. And then from that point on, you have a lot of games where you only have a minimum amount of veterans in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And it's designed to make sure you have a competitive team on the ice, but at the same time, it's designed to get a, a number of young players or American Hockey League players or PTOs a chance to make your club and hopefully have veteran guys not incur any injury during this time. So it's not the greatest vehicle to be completely ready for game one of the season. You do your best, and some teams are set up better for success right away out the gate. I thought the Blues were fine. That game against Dallas to start the season was was a great game. That's a really good freaking team. And you went to the shootout, you lost. It is what it is, but you bounce back, next shootout, you win. The up and down, like win one, lose one, that obviously not ideal. For this Blues team this year, 
I think the focus has to be on not dropping multiple games. So you will have stretches where you lose two in a row, but you can't go like four, five, six, seven, or eight like you did last year. You can't do that and stay competitive this year. So the, the 500 hockey or the up and down hockey right now, I'm I'm okay with it. I'd rather it not be. I'd rather they win every game, of course. But I don't think it's a roster. I think the roster has to be tweaked a little bit, like you have to shovel the deck a little, and Craig Berube has done that. We'll get into that later on in the show. But you also have a new defensive system. And, and what is the number one thing coming out of last season, through the offseason, coming into this season? What is the number one thing the Blues said they were focused on? Their defensive system. There you go. There you go, right? So every player right now is focused on trying to be airtight defensively. Now, it wasn't necessarily that way in Vancouver, but let's go back and tell the story the way it really was. Um, You had four penalties in the first period. That's half the period in the penalty box. I know one leaked into the second period. Trust me, I was was there. I saw it. Talked about it, too. But... You have four penalties called in the first period. That's not the 17 seconds into the game, you're on the penalty kill against a fast team that moves the puck well that has a really good power play. Not ideal. A back-to-back night, that is not what you want. You want to try and establish... Like, so let's go back again. Very first shift against Vancouver that, that night. They won the draw, snapped it around, got it in deep, was in on the four-check hard. Unfortunately, Booch did a little, little one-handed hook, which I thought was pretty weak, but neither here nor there. Yeah. But you did what you wanted to do originally, is get the puck in and try to go to work. Because you played the night before, you traveled after the game, and it's not like it's excruciating. So anybody who's like, it's not excruciating. I don't feel bad for these guys. Uh, I said it to a number of them, like, these back-to-backs aren't as bad as people make them out to be. You're trained as a group of players to be able to play two nights in a row. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. But then the penalty kills kill you. Because not everybody gets to play on the penalty kill. You have a certain group of guys that play out there. And the Blues have a unique situation. And some of their best players offensively also kill penalties. And your best defensemen kill penalties. So your Lettys, your Parecos, your Falk, Krug this year. Like those guys are playing big minutes. So then after a period of being on your heels like that, which by the way, they were down one nothing after that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I talked to I talked to John Kelly. I said, We're down by a goal after that period. That's a win. Mm-hmm. We get, to, you know, hopefully the team can come out and, and you know, kind of refocus, reset, all that stuff. It didn't go according to plan. And thank goodness for Jordan Bennington. But again, Jordan Bennington, this is something that people who don't really watch the games will look back at five goals. Well, it's Bennington. Oh, he's back to back to last year. He had 19 shots in the first, first period. period. And it was one nothing. If it wasn't for Jordan Bennington, it had been four nothing after the first period. Mm-hmm. So, to the original question, do I like the way this is happening? Do I? No. Is it the roster construction? No, I don't believe so. I think your roster can be competitive with most of the teams in the league because otherwise, how do you explain beating the Penguins here like you did? How do you explain? beating the Flames. The Penguins, I consider them to be a better team than the Flames, but nonetheless, they were in Calgary playing against them in their home barn, and they were slumping. Coming off a bad loss. Yeah, and they're still slumping. They're struggling right now. But either way, it's it's going to be up and down for a while here until they figure out, you know, one, how to use this system properly, how to turn offense out of this system. They haven't figured that out yet. That's going to take some time. So it is what it is. 
Boys, uh, what is what is rule number one in the fast lane? Nobody's safe. That's correct. Nobody's safe. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about City next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Yeah. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Here's Polito. Can they challenge Berkey? And Dembe's coming forward. He has space, and Dembe! Polito will keep it in play, looking for Shallowy Blum, only as far as Kinda. The kick save from Berkey, Voltaire, and in the lead again. It is amazing to me how quick and reactions are on point from Gotti Kinda. Oh, what a goal! What a half from Sporting KC! Brutal. Brutal first playoff game for City SC because it was. It was that woof. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh. You can fill uh, a thimble with my soccer knowledge, but I could tell you that that won't pretty last night. And Roman Berkey's an absolute stud, so that tells me your your, your defense won great in front of him. And Rocchio, I thought, broke it down very well. He does the podcast, the soccer podcast with Moon from 105.7 The Point. And I thought what Rocchio was talking about was interesting with the way that Leuven could have attacked more from his his midfielder position, and he just never kind of took it to Sporting KC. Not that this is all on Leuven, but it seems like the team was very flat. Roman Berkey was talking after the game about practicing a certain way and having it bleed into the game, both positively and negatively, which... I thought if you read between the lines, he was essentially saying we weren't prepared practice-wise to match the intensity. Maybe the layoff hurt him. Maybe it's just a combination of everything. All I know is that was ugly coming off of, an, uh, obviously, a historic season. 
And not, we, we can separate the two. Nothing's going to take away from the regular season, no matter how this, this winds up. But you had home pitch advantage. Everybody's fired up for that. Weird start time. I don't know what MLS is doing with that, with making the game at 9.30 or whatever yeah, the hell it was. It was brutal. Not great. But to come out that way, that was tough. That was a tough watch. So, Anthony, let me ask you a quick question here. <clears throat> and it's not a soccer question, so don't worry about that. Um, this year, with it being a um, expansion team and picked to finish dead last by well, almost everybody who covers the sport of soccer, um, what did St. Louis City play with? All year. Oh, house money. And what else? Um, maybe a chip on their shoulder? Yeah, maybe. Maybe a we'll show you. Because sure. we talked to Kyle Hebert almost on a weekly basis. Um, they talk about how they know what people have said about them. Yeah. They've read it. They, they understand. They played with a chip on their shoulder, a blank U to their game. They didn't do that last night. No. For the first time all season long, when watching this game, it was a very aloof team. Almost like they just expected to take the pitch and win. Well, we're first in the conference, and these guys, you know, whatever. We're, we're fine. We don't have to practice hard. So they got complacent. They got, they got big full bellies from a sensational expansion first season, um, historic, record-breaking, any of the words. They loved all of it, probably reading all about how great they are. They lost the eye of the tiger, Anthony. It's what it is. And so now the trick is how do you get it back? Because you've, now you've handed it off to Sporting KC. Yeah. You handed it off to an underdog who has a chip on their shoulder now, thinking, oh, you thought you were going to just walk all over us. Oh, you thought we were scared of City Park, huh? Oh, you thought that you know, you, the, the Battle of Missouri, you guys were going to run us out of town, huh? Not so much anymore. So now they're playing with confidence, and City SC has to get that back. Somehow between now and the next game, they've got to recapture that hunger that passion, that style of play. And I thought Bradley Carnell made a massive mistake in this game. What the hell are you doing? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He starts with one forward. Yeah. All season long, pretty much, is two forwards, two attackers. He goes with one. What? what this is, a, I mean, an absolute perfect example of a coach out just overthinking the moment. Yeah. Oh, we're going to throw him a curveball. Yeah, you're going to change it up. No, you didn't. You made it worse for yourself because your team wasn't used to, or they weren't accustomed to playing in this manner. I'm sure they did it a couple of times during the season, but overall it was two attackers up front. So right away you're telling your team, we're going to, be, we're going to do something different. Right. Why? Than what you're used to. Why? We're in first place. They should be worried about what we do, not us changing for them. Sure. So I thought that was a big mistake. And, ju- you know, they're a, a, an attacking team. They're a press team. And yesterday they were possessing the ball. It's almost like Sporting KC flipped it on its head and said, we're going to play the way you guys play. And, and I feel, Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong, that is that is how opponents have won this year against City. Yeah. That's exactly how they've done it. They have said, you take it. You take the ball. You take long possess- possessions. And we'll score off of the transition. That, that is how City has lost all season long. So whatever the game plan was, it didn't work. 
Sporting KC took it to them. And now, Jamie, you're talking about finding the eye of the Tiger. You're going to have to do it on the road where you have not played well this season. No. That is the one thing in this picture-perfect inaugural season for, for City SC, and it has been picture-perfect. The one thing you can kind of point to is they have not played well on the road. So I want to address a couple of things here because you know what, Anthony? We always get these people here, these soccer-passionate people that want to try and carve us up. Okay. And I don't understand. I, I said nothing tactical until the end, and I'm not the only one. I was listening to national people talk about it, questioning Bradley Carnell's decision to change it up a little bit. So we get one from the 314. Oh, my God. Uh, please stop. You are embarrassing yourself. Call me if you need a tactical breakdown. We wouldn't really go over tactical anything. So have a nap. Secondly, um, from another 314, Jamie, you have no idea what you're talking about. Stick to talking about the Blues. I know exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to an athlete in that situation. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Take your one forward or two forwards and stick it. I don't even care. I don't care about your tactical anything. You didn't have the eye of the tiger. That's it. Bottom line. You weren't ready to win a damn soccer game last night. If you think I'm wrong for that, you can go chase yourself. Take your X's and O's and just amaze me with how much soccer knowledge you have and pass it on to Bradley Carnell because he could use a little help from last night. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I mean, Jamie said it all. What was the one? What was the one thing? What? Move on. Or what was the first text that you read? Oh, no, no, no. Can you read that one again? Oh my God! Please stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Call me if you need a tactical breakdown. Okay. Yeah, we'll get you on the line. You just—I mean—just watch watch the match last night. They just—they didn't have it. They didn't have it. It's simple as that. And you can throw out all these excuses. They lost. They lost yeah. four to one at home. I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna take their advice. I'm gonna take their advice. You gonna take a nap? No, just stop talking about it. Correct. Yep. NFL pick them. You guys asked for it. That's exactly Your right. Fault. You're going to get you it. You did this. And you're going to get it hard. Yep. Because that's the only way we know how to do it. That's a good point. NFL Pick'em Challenge weekend. I'm going to tell everybody I screwed all of my teammates hard. Yeah, it wasn't appreciated. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get ready to pick up. It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge on 101 ESPN. Refreshed by Bud Light. Well, you sure know how to pick them. Tied the Rizzuto show this week. Now they they have wanted to do. It's yeah, it's funny. I got a text from Moon today. And Moon's like, "Hey, what are we doing for tiebreakers?" I remember sending an exact text message last year to one or all of them saying, "Hey, what are we doing for tiebreakers?" And like, "No, no, no, it's a tie." You sent it, it to Riz. It's a tie. You sent it to Riz. I rem- I remember. And Riz just said, "No, ties no, a tie. tie. Ties a tie." So now that they're behind. They're texting us. Whoa, what about the tiebreaker? We gotta have something for the tiebreaker. You didn't last year, so it's just gonna be a tie. Sorry. 
Nonetheless, I I take full responsibility for this week, guys. We talked about it in the opening draft or the opening segment, I should say. I had the Panthers. I had the Panthers all week. I was taking a lot of heat for it, but I thought the Panthers would win their first game. And it was against a team that I've really started to like, which is the Texans. And lo and behold, the Panthers won. And I had flipped about 15 to 20 minutes before kickoff. It's not your fault, Anthony. It is my fault, it's Marsh. Not, I mean, it's it's highlighted. It reminds me of a late holding call that would eventually give a team a victory in the Super Bowl, right? But there's so many calls that happen throughout the course of that game. You know, we could look at BT not putting his pick in. We could look at he me. He had a big week, too. He did have a big week. We could look at me. I said on Friday that I like the Seahawks because of Geno Smith and his little video. I didn't even change my pick. I stick. I stuck with the with the Browns. There's one right there. There's a lot of things that we left on the table. It's not your fault. I appreciate that, Marsh. I do. I appreciate that. I also had the Giants over the Jets. That was stupid. <laughs> I was the only one. I was the only one that the Giants over the Jets. I'm like, you know what? I blanked up this Panthers call, but I'm gonna save the day with the New York Football Giants. With their third-string quarterback, where they're not even trying to throw. They just kept handing the ball off to Saquon Barkley. They're going to win. Okay, can we talk about this for a second? I watched a portion of the game yesterday, the Giants and Jets, and I threw up in my mouth three different times, and it was all in the same set of downs. Yeah. So they had Danny DeVito under center. <laughs> and um, that's his name, right, Daniel? Tommy. 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 Oh, my bad. Pride of Syracuse. It's his son. Anyways. <laughs> Um, nope. <laughs> might be. You don't, you don't know. We don't know. Did we do, did we do the 23 and me with that? We don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they they got a penalty on the first down. It backed them up to like their 10-yard line. Yeah. And then uh, DeVito threw three, not one, three screen passes to Saquon Barkley in a row. Yeah. The exact same freaking play three times in a row mm-hmm. when you needed 20 yards. What? What in what are we doing? That was an overtime. Yeah, that was an overtime. Yeah, he threw three you took, in a row. You took like losses on screen passes. Well, I'm not a quarterback. Don't pretend to be. Okay, mm-hmm. but if I make that pass twice, um, one, what the hell am I doing? Uh, I have no confidence in myself for one thing to find a wide open receiver. My receivers, otherwise, maybe part two of that is they're not getting open. They're not running the routes properly. But come the third time. I'd rather die than pass that freaking ball to Saquon Barkley again. <laughs> I'm taking my shot downfield, yeah. or I'm trying to run it. I like I can't do it and look myself in the mirror and be like, "Oh, that was a great effort." No, it wasn't. Right. That was a no. That's no effort. Yeah. I could have made that play. <laughs> if probably, I can make that play, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> he probably doesn't even have enough time to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, it's it's so time to throw a screen, though. Saquon Barkley was sitting out in the flat for like four seconds, standing there, and you could literally see him like, I don't want the ball. Yeah. Don't pass to a son they of a... They know it's coming. They're all there. They have four guys waiting. Ready for me. Like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Sorry. Well, let's, let's talk, let's talk about some of the... Too. You are. I love it. Let's talk about some of the bigger headlines. The book is out on the 49ers. Mm. It's not just a Debo Samuel thing or an injury thing. Here's the book on the 49ers. You get a lead... And you can get one now because this defense has been, they have hemorrhaged, hemorrhaged yards and points the last couple of weeks. 
Couldn't get Minnesota off the field on Monday night. Couldn't get Joe Burrow and company off off the field yesterday. The Bengals were in control from the outset. Uh, as soon as the first quarter ended, I thought to myself, I have screwed up with the Bengals. They are back. And I have completely misjudged the 49ers. You get a lead on them. Kyle Shanahan does not have a typical drop-back passing game. Everything's play action. So you cannot fall behind if you're the Niners because you have seen what happens in the last two weeks. Purdy starts forcing things. He threw a pick yesterday to a linebacker who was right in front of him. Mm. Like bat- It was a hell of a play by the linebacker. Batted it up, got it. I mean, Purdy looks lost now. They need to play with a lead. And the reason why they've lost the last two weeks, in essence, is their defense. When their defense is not in control of the game, the offense can't get a lead and then start really pressing, and that play action starts to be a real thorn for opponents. Cincinnati and Minnesota's laid laid the game plan here, the blueprint out on how to beat the Fort Nash. They're in trouble. They're still good, don't get me wrong. But if you don't play with a lead, you're going to lose. They didn't play anybody in the first four weeks. Very true. They didn't play anybody. They whooped Dallas. Those two teams have gone like in completely different directions. Dallas also lost to Arizona. Who's a good team. Yeah, maybe in the first half. ATS-wise, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Covered again yesterday. Um, uh, any thoughts on the 49ers and, and Bengals? Yeah. Um, Besides, I'm going to be wrong about the Bengals. Well, here's the thing, right? You go back to this, and Joe Burrow is obviously healthy the last couple weeks. Yes. He's obviously back to normal. 283 yards yesterday, three touchdowns. He threw a dime on the side. I mean, this guy's a friggin' rock chase star. Chase, that was just picture perfect. He's a rock star. And he's back. And so now the Bengals are right back in the thick of things up there in the AFC. I don't think anybody catches the Ravens just because they're 6-2. and two, But I, I certainly see the Bengals getting a wild card moving forward. I, I think they do. I think they get in the playoffs. Yeah. The Niners are still going to make, make it in the playoffs because this conference overall is just weak. But, yeah, I'm concerned too because, you know, is Brock Purdy feeling the after effects of, like, his concussion? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but everything has been flipped on its head. And I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, it, you're so freaking good. Right. And if Brock Purdy's this systems quarterback, then you should still be able to work through it. No problem. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be this drastic. So the problem is when you're when you're behind, defenses know that you're probably not going to run. And they're, that all that play action that Kyle Shanahan does – He's kind of thrown out the window. Yeah. If you're a Nobody's linebacker, for it. you don't have to respect. You, you 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 should still, but you don't have to respect as much that run game because now you're playing the clock. You want to run it? Fine. We'll tackle you six or seven yards downfield. You're not six, but we'll tackle you four or five yards downfield. The clock will run, and you're going to be behind. When they're, when they're playing ahead and they're running the ball, and they're going play action. San Francisco's entire playbook is open, and it's it, it it's it's a thing of beauty. But they're kind of like Miami in that they're going to win and lose in one specific way. So that was ugly yesterday. Chiefs lose to the Broncos two twenty four to nine. Mahomes not not feeling good. You can't turn the ball over. the The teams that are losing right now, you you look back at some, like these big big upsets. What is going on in the NFL? It's turnovers. You cannot lose the game before you have an opportunity to win it. And these quarterbacks that are losing these games are throwing games away. 
The Chiefs, nasty. How did the Broncos win? You, you turn the ball over five times. That's how. The Browns had every opportunity to beat the Seahawks yesterday. P.J. Walker, horrific interception. Before Desmond Ritter was bench-slashed in concussion protocol. Put the damn ball on the, gr- uh, on the ground again. How does Will Love his throw? He's got the ball constantly. He can't move the ball. You're, you're turning the ball over. Offenses right now are really struggling because the quarterbacks are not hanging on to the damn ball. We can get in all the other systems and strategy and all that. You're turning the ball over, you're going to lose. Rams got ran out the house yesterday. Why? Mm. Pick six, first quarter. Can't win that way. So I wonder if teams start scaling things back for these quarterbacks. And we're, forget winning, forget hanging 20, you know, 30 points on the board. We got hang. We got hang out of the ball. Great, we're going back to boring football. It might be. Thanks, Anthony. I'm Run sorry. The football. I'm gonna totally blame you for this crap. Too. Okay. All yeah, these that teams, sounds fair. All these teams have two quarterbacks, <laughs> or not? Not two quarterbacks. Uh, two running backs these days. Run the damn football. Run the ball. Ah, you guys make me sick. Do we have ourselves a World Series? Bear it out. That's next on 101 ESPN. Tight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In game two, the Diamondbacks ripped Jordan Montgomery-ish. I shouldn't say they ripped him. But they did score nine after collecting 16 hits. They didn't rip him. He went six innings, did allow nine. Or I'm sorry, did uh, allow nine hits and four runs. But this Diamondbacks team has made it a series, just like they've done in the previous series this postseason, with their long ball. They hit home runs. Their offense has come together here. You had Marrero hit a home run. Um, Longorious singles. How many home runs did they have? So they won. They had one to, to start the game. Then they started to pour it on. But this Diamondbacks team has has done very well with the long ball this season. And everybody in their lineup, including Tommy Pham, how about him? Got a hit. He was four for four, four, for with, four. Two, with two runs. In could that been, game two matchup, did you see that story too? He could have been five, could have went five for five, which would have been a record. But he wanted yeah. a teammate to get an at bat so yeah. that he had at least one in the World one Series. One in the World Series. How about that? Tommy Pham, folks, didn't need him. Not not just that, but people have always kind of given him a little bit of a hard time because they yeah. don't think he's a great guy or whatever. He's like, so it's kind of cool to see him kind of change the narrative a little bit. Jamie, I'm sure you've played with with guys like this. Tommy Pham, to me, misunderstood is, guys. Well, he's very competitive, right? And mm-hmm. everything is based off of that competitiveness. He wants to win, and he wants his teammates to want to win. So I wonder if that has been 
kind of the rub. I, I could say this now. I remember when he was here in in St. Louis in the minors. Mm-hmm. The, they had some issues with Tommy because of the way that he portrayed himself in the minors. And we have seen him bounce around now. So clearly the Cardinals weren't the only ones that said, ah, you know what, let's move on from him. But maybe you know guys like this too where it's just, it's all about winning. It's all about the competitive fire. Every time he shows up to the diamond, or in, in your case, Jamie, the rink, yeah. he, these guys want to win. And yeah. maybe it rubs guys the wrong way. Well, that's what happens is sometimes, sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. And there's other times too where... You know, and I don't. I'm not speaking from experience with Tommy Pham. I don't. I have never been in the clubhouse with Tommy Pham, so I have no idea. But sometimes those guys, their competitiveness comes off as being very critical too of yeah. their teammates. It's not just wanting to win because everybody wants to win. It but. comes off as being critical. Sure. And you know, and you get a guy chirping you or telling you how bad you played or to do this or do that. You start getting like, I've had enough of this guy. I get him out of here because he's causing problems. You yeah. know. And it, it, it's it's a you got to put a filter sometimes in there. And sometimes it takes guys a while. You bounce around for a couple teams and you figure out, okay, maybe I should just shut up. Maybe I'll just be like Mr. Positive and go out and play hard. Yeah. So, I don't know. Either way, great game for Tommy Pham. Well, let's look at some of the teams that he's played on. He played on a team with the Cardinals that weren't making the playoffs at the time. He played for San Diego. We've established that perhaps they have a culture problem. Yeah. The Mets, sounds like they have a culture problem. He played for the Tampa Bay Rays, I believe, when he was with them. Um, you know, they were still doing well. It wasn't on That's that twenty twenty. Yeah, it wasn't on that twenty twenty team when they went to the uh, World Series. But you know, he's in Cincinnati, another team that you know, not full of winners. And he also showed up saying, "Yeah, he showed up. I'm here to get my bag." Yeah, essentially. So uh, I wonder if it's a thing where like he has to find that right mix of people that embrace that kind of attitude. Yeah. And maybe he's found that with Arizona. Maybe. And it's also you get to do it now in the at the World Series. So mm-hmm. everybody like everything is ratcheted up. So maybe this is now uh, just the perfect spot for him. Max Scherzer goes tonight against rookie right-hander Brandon Fod in turn. Uh, and and Fod has been incredible. Scherzer 0-1 with a 9.45 earn run average and two postseason starts against the Houston Astros this month. He's only told six and two thirds this postseason, but he's pitched 140 innings over his 29 career playoff appearances with 24 starts, and he's got a sub four ERA. So we know that this is you know in, in the local product, Max Scherzer, somebody that can that can really turn this series back around. But the way that Brandon Fod has, has thrown this this season. I mean, especially in the postseason, he carved Philadelphia up. Now maybe Texas will spit on that sweeper that he that he threw Philadelphia yeah, over, and over, over and over again. again. Maybe, but he's thrown it so so well. You know, he'll th- he'll throw it almost down the middle, and you think you got a cookie, and all of a sudden the damn thing darts darts out of the zone. So we'll see how Texas fares against it, but. This I think is gonna is, is shaping up already to be a very competitive World Series, and I, I dare I say the Diamondbacks have the pitching advantage tonight, even I mean, against Scherzer. They could be up two nothing too. They could, yeah. They, they, honestly, they should be. Mm-hmm. Are you guys sold on Garcia? Are you guys sold on Max Scherzer going out there? It's one of those things where it's like, don't you don't you want to put the ball in his hands? I don't know. He's had two rough outings. Yeah, two rough. His last two outings. I'm going with him. I'm going with him. I know. 
Well, Bad who, matchup against Houston. Who else do you have, though? Nobody. You don't. I, I, you, I agree with that statement. I just, if I'm the manager, I'm still, like, if I'm Bruce Bochy, I know I want to give him the ball because Max freaking Scherzer. Yeah. But second thought, I'm like, you know, the last two games have blown up, man. Well, and to, in your defense, Jamie, to, to your point, Scherzer, and this has been his entire career, even when he's dominant, he gives up long, he gives up home runs. He he will give up a home run tonight. It's just that, that's part mm-hmm. it's part of his makeup. Like he just does. So and give going back to my point earlier, Arizona can hit can hit home runs. So this is going to be interesting tonight. Well, maybe he goes out there and ends up pitching really well, a, a place that he's pitched before. Yeah, you know he came up Former with Diamondback. Arizona, so maybe he'll get an extra bit of juice heading into this one, and that's a big ballpark too. So we'll see how that plays. I mean, you really got to screw up. <laughs> Didn't used to be. Arizona used to be a hitter's haven. How about Adolis Garcia, though? He's he's, a, he's He barely got a, a hold of that one, too. It was down and away, and he just got... Boom. He's emerging into a superstar. That's a hard hit to pitch. I was watching the pregame show for, for Game 2, and they were talking about just how hard some of those pitches that he's been hitting, and he's, that, it makes it look easy. The yeah. location of that one pitch, his walk-off, was actually located right, right where it should have been. Mm-hmm. He should not have been able to do what he did with that pitch. Raw strength. He is. He's a moose. No kidding. All right, Jamie. Yeah, let's go. Are you ready? Yes! Yes! Back, we're back, still back, going. Back, 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 back. We're going to run out of time. No, we're not. I don't believe what I just saw. So, for those who don't know, <laughs> Jamie and I are still tied in our home run derby. Now, we were doing this for only Cardinals games throughout the course of the season, and Jamie and I tied at like nine apiece. So, we thought, we're not going to end in a tie. Let's carry this into the postseason, <laughs> where Jamie and I are 0 for gopher. <laughs> well, we, we haven't played we've every also game. also forgot a lot of games. <laughs> we certainly have. So now what we're doing is we're expanding it. Yeah. We were doing one player for each team. Yeah, we went to two. Should we go to four we're now? We're going to four. We'll go, and here's where it'll go. I don't care who goes first. Okay. But it'll be a snake draft. All right. So you go first, then it'll be, or I go first, and it's two, three to the other guy, and then it'll be four, five. Like, you go, the first guy gets first pick, you get number one, and uh-huh. then after that, it's two picks until you get to, does that work? Uh, Yeah, so you get the two first, and then... Then I think we could just go back and forth, right? We should never mind. Just go back and forth, period. We're picking four guys each. Yeah. Yeah. So who cares? But you should get two, and then we'll go uh, after that. I don't we'll care go, about we'll that for that. Okay. I mean, All right. Just go back and forth so that nobody feels like they get screwed. That's are, fine. Are you doing two and two and two for each team? Or are you doing no four, four on four? <laughs> four on each team. Four on each team. Right. Yeah, Andrew. We're trying to we're trying we to wrap end this, this thing. thing. We're trying to wrap okay. this thing. I think it'd be funny if you didn't. No. Well, no. I mean, if nobody hits a home run, it's it's, it's possible. Play. All right, yeah. Anthony, I'm gonna let you go first because okay, you're older. I'm older than Andrew. You're right. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Garcia. I'm gonna take Adolis Garcia. Oh boy. I know. Chalk. RL Chalk. You gave him to me. How did you? Why would you pick him? Just out of curiosity. I feel like he's due. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take uh, Corey Seager. I feel like he's due. All right. <laughs> I'll take Mitch Garver. Mitchy Poo. Yep, from Texas. So okay. I got two Rangers. Let me keep. I'm trying to keep track of this. Here. We're going. We're Garver. going two Rangers. Texas. Or I'm sorry. We're going four Rangers and four Diamondbacks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna end this thing. All right. So. 
I'm going to go Marcus Simeon. Okay. Why don't you give me uh, Cattell Marte as my first Diamondback? Oh, you're you're flipping it. Okay. Yep. So, Marte. Arizona. Give me Tommy Pham, please. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Josh Young from Texas. Okay. So three Texas Rangers for you now. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Corbin Carroll. Okay. I'm going to go with Christian Walker. So he's my second Diamondback. Okay. I'm going to laugh my ass off when we when we don't have the winner. The yeah. winner. Uh, I, this, or nobody gets a cry. Home okay. So I've got two and two as of right now. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, go with Carter from the Rangers. Evan Carter? Yeah. Alright, I'm going to take Evan Longoria. Oh, good one. From Di- from the Diamondbacks. Brother. So I got three Texas, three Diamondbacks. Longoria. Alright. Okay, so I've got three and two. I'm going to go with uh, uh... You took Walker, huh? Yep. I'll go with Marino. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take my last Ranger, which would be Nathaniel Lowe. Okay. Texas. Arizona. All right, I need one more from each side here. Um, oh, Guriel. Give me that Guriel. That's what I was going to take, so nice work there. Uh, so I will take then uh, Alec Thomas from, Dime, from the Diamondbacks, and that rounds up them. All right, my last pick has to be a Ranger. Um, let's see here. Anybody take Garver yet? Yeah, you did. I did, yeah. Yeah. There's Jonah Heim. Yeah. And Tavares, I think, is the only other Rangers. I'll go with Tavares. Why not? John Tavares' brother. All right. So it's got to be the first home run. (laughs) It's not his brother. It's got to be the first home run. (laughs) We have four four players on each team. We got it covered. You would think. (laughs) You would think. It's going to be some random pinch hitter. It's going to be Jonah Heim. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Who did it's we gonna not be pick Heim. from the other team? Uh, Perdomo, who oh. never hits home runs. So yeah. it'll probably be him. It'll be one of those guys. What about Austin Hedges? He's not in the lineup. No, and he probably won't be. Did you see his uh, at-bat, his first postseason at-bat, I believe? How'd it go? Uh, three straight sliders away. He swung at all three of them. He figured he was going to hit one of them. Absolutely. He was also on deck. When Adolis Garcia hit the game-winning home run, and it shot the the shot was right on his face, just going absolutely nuts. Yeah, probably because he didn't have he didn't to go want, back up there. He didn't want to go up. Please hit a home run. What do we make of the Blues' new line combinations? We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jump back into the Blues. We have your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Blink-182 at Enterprise Center on August 10th. You can text in now to 314-399-9646 for your chance to win free tickets to see Blink-182 with special guest Peace the Veal. Uh, Peace the Veil. Oh, it's Paris, huh? 
goes to show you how much I've, I listen to them. I apologize. But it's going to be a great show. I know it. It's going to be fantastic. You can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Blink-182 at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. Marsh has got the trivia question today. Yes, the question is, what name does Tom DeLong go by in the first date music video? Once again, what name does Tom DeLong go by in the first date music video? There you go. All right. So text it in 314-399-9646, and you can have uh, those tickets, those free tickets, to go see Blink-182. Jamie, what do you make of the new blues line combinations? Practice lines from yesterday. Buchnevich, Thomas, Kapanen, Saad, Shen, Cairo, Verona, Hayes, Neighbors, Blay, Alexandrov, and Sunquist. Torpchenko. Not skating with Scandella Pareko. Or not not skating, excuse me. And then your defensive pairings were Scandella Pareko, Krug Falk, Letty Tucker, Perunovic Bortuzzo, and then of course your goaltenders, Bennington Hofer. None of this is official, but those those were the practice lines of yesterday. Yeah. Um if one, we don't know for sure if Craig Berube is going to actually go with this lineup in the next game. However, you don't usually put together a lineup. Like this, like you don't usually make significant changes within the roster and not try it. Yeah. That's been my, you know, the education of, of what I've seen for, well, a long time now. And the reason I say that is because you've separated Thomas and Cairo. And you wouldn't do that unless you're really thinking about doing it because just of the commotion or sure. commotion, air quotes, that it would cause with the media and the fans. Oh, they split them up. They split them up. Yeah, right. Why draw attention to it if you're not going to do it? 100%. Yeah. Makes sense. And so uh, I, I think, you know, what Chief was suggesting that he wants a little more balance in his lineup. And I think he's trying to make it more difficult for other teams to slow down the offense. Because when you, when you put all of your high-end guys on the same line, the other team has to just match up. And it's not that it's easy for the other team, but they just have one real significant job to do. That's stop Booch, Thomas, and Cairo. Now you've got Booch, Thomas, Kappen. And by the way, Kappen's been playing really well. Like, I really like the way he's been skating. He's a lot faster than I, than I thought he was. He's killing penalties really well. He's getting on the forecheck. So this little promotion for him, um, if you'll call it that, shuffling the lines with is well-deserved. Yeah. He, he deserves an opportunity to play up in the lineup. And with Thomas and Buchnevich, I think that could be an intriguing line. Then you go Assad, Shannon, Cairo. <clears throat> Here's what I think we're trying to do here is, you know, mainstream or, or streamline, rather, Cairo's game. Because Shannon and Saad play a very north-south game. Cairo doesn't really play a north-south game. He's kind of all over the place. And, and here's what is intriguing to me is – Kairu, Thomas, and Buchnevich all claim to be playmakers. That's what they say. First thing you ask, well, I was more of a playmaker in junior or Thomas. Obviously, I'm a playmaker, and Buch says he's a playmaker. Yeah. Why would you have three playmakers playing together? Now, Craig Bruby, I'm sure, feels the same way as, as I do. These are 30-goal guys. Buch has over 30. Kairu, uh, 37. Thomas, over 20 goals. Like These guys could all score goals, so... They, th- they think they're playmakers, but they're really goal scorers, too. But if they, if their primary thought right now is playmaker, 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 you got to break it up. Break yeah. up the band here a little bit. And I think that by doing so, you know, maybe you'll start to change that thought process a little bit on, on, on a couple of these guys. The, the intriguing one after that, or the one that, that 
I kind of look at and wonder is Verona, Hayes, and Neighbors. I wonder if that stays that way. And the only reason I bring that up is because Torokchenko not skating. He's he's nursing what appears to be a bit of a lower body injury right now. And I wonder where he slots in here. Obviously, Alexandrov would probably come out of the lineup. But where does Torokchenko ultimately go? Is Verana with Hayes? Is that is that a match made in heaven? Like, I don't know. Why, would, why wouldn't it be? Well, Verana, so far... Um, and, you know, Verona being scratched two games in a row, there was a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people don't, people don't always necessarily know what they're looking at when they watch a game. They look at the score sheet. Or they look at a couple of one-timers that happen in a game like, woof, that guy can really bring it. He should play more. He should be on the first power play. He should be getting more ice time. But you're not really watching everything around it. And up until this point, and who knows now moving forward, Verona has been a player that really enjoys letting the other guys do the work. Now, so does Alex Ovechkin on some nights. But Verona's not Ovechkin. Right. And so it stresses out the line to have to continuously do all the heavy lifting. And then Verona wants to win. He wants to play hard. He wants to score. He wants all that. Just his, his style of play is... Let your teammates get the puck to you, and then you're a shooter, which is fine if you're Brett Hull. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not really today's NHL. Yeah. Like today's NHL, you need everybody kind of going here. And so I think that that was one of the the main things. I don't know this. This is just my own perception of what I'm watching. Sure. And when I go back and I watch tape, because I did, I went back and watched every single one of Verona's shifts leading up to the healthy scratch. There are a lot of shifts where he's taken like four or five strides in an entire shift. Four or five strides. Yeah. It can't be that way. Can't be that way. Now, when he gets the puck, boom, he's off the race like he wants to go. But what do you call those players, Anthony? One dimensional. Mm-hmm. You can't have, you, you don't have a lineup for one dimensional players right, right. now. That's not how your team has been built. No, it's not. And you're like not, you said, it's not the NHL these days. And he's not Connor McDavid. Yeah, right. So you got to figure it out. So that's why with Hayes and, and Neighbors, like Neighbors, I understand why Neighbors is on this line because he's all over the place right now in a really positive way. He's in on the forecheck. He's hitting. He's back checking. He's doing all the little things right for the most part. You know, Kevin Hayes hasn't had the, the, the dynamic start that I'm sure he would – he was expecting or wanting here. So I just see that as being a line that hopefully figures it out. Blues Avalanche pregame at 7.30 on Wednesday. So the Blues are off tonight. They're off tomorrow. Blues at Avalanche pregame starting at 7.30. We'll have all the coverage for you right here on 101 ESPN. College football week nine. We're going to get into that. By the way, Jacob from Glen Carbon, Illinois, he won the tickets to see Blink-182. Nice. Had the correct answer to, to Marshy's trivia question. Go ahead, Marsh. It was Boomer. And Boomer is in jail for undisclosed uh, reasons. Okay. There you go. Hmm. There you have it. So Jacob knew uh, that question. And uh, Jacob's going to go see again Blink-182. And we have tickets to give away all week long. So if you're looking for Blink-182 tickets, listen to the Fast Lane. BKM Ferrario also handing out some tickets as well to Blink-182. So we got you covered here on 101 ESPN. Co- again, college football week nine. 
What changed this weekend when it comes to the playoff picture? Uh, one team from the Big 12 might have got bounced. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So I merely teased that a team from the Big 12 may have just been eliminated from playoff contention, and Marsh read off a text that said, uh, Anthony, shut your mouth. OU still making the playoffs. Ah, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough after losing to Kansas over the weekend. Now, this isn't your... your Rock Jock Jayhawk. This isn't your your father's Kansas Jayhawks. This is actually a team that's pretty good. And uh, Marsh, you had said, what, they not only did they storm the field, you, everybody saw them them steal, storm the field, Yeah, but they also got the goalposts out. They did. And dumped it right in the lake. Yeah, lake, pond, one Whatever, of the two. yeah, pond, probably. Body of water. A body of water. And those goalposts were in that body of water. <laughs> and so were the students as they were jumping in as well. Good for them. What a moment. It's a big win. Yeah, all 30 of them. Our... Uh, <laughs> Hey, come on now. Do I you watch the That's game? It's a long suffering fan base. I watched the game. There was not a ton of students there. Yeah, it was a mid afternoon uh, game. It was raining. You know? I'll give it to him. Actually, it was no, raining. it was a morning. It was a morning game. Was it was it? 11 a.m. Big noon kickoff. Ah, they're hungover. Exactly. It was big. Friday night. The night hey, before. you know hey, what, though? Hey, they got there to get the goalposts. Hey, you out. know what, though? Mizzou students wouldn't, wouldn't do that. They'd stay up all night. Yeah, they would. Uh, yeah, per Turn our right, recommendation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, nonetheless, it's going to be difficult for Oklahoma to make the college football playoffs. So Georgia's still unbeaten, Michigan's still unbeaten, Ohio State's still unbeaten, Florida State's still unbeaten. Ohio State had a little bit more trouble with Wisconsin than I thought they would. Georgia steamrolled Florida, and Michigan was idle, or their coaching staff and scouts were out scouting. They're out uh, checking some signals out. I think so the ball boys as well. Maybe some janitors. Dude, this has got like 27 layers now. Yeah. At first when I heard this Michigan thing, I was like, eh, well, who cares? You know, whatever. The, well, the NCAA, there's no there's no rules against sign stealing. That's the, that's the no, funny part. So I just don't understand how they're going to enforce this anyway. Even if the ball boys are involved, the janitors, the, I don't know, the, the equipment guy that works the locker room. What, mm-hmm. There's no rule that I know of. That's in place. Yeah. So how do you determine what an infraction is? Right. It's unethical. Maybe there's an ethics clause in the NCAA literature. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's got to be. Yeah. But then it's like subject to your own personal opinion almost. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm with you on that. But what happens with Michigan? I don't know. It depends on how deep it they goes, how much they're doing. contract off the table, yep. too. Yeah, I told him not to sign that puppy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. On the field, though, so Washington's the only other team that is unbeaten. Washington, the last two weeks, could have could have lost. Now, they pulled away late from Stanford, but Stanford gave them a game last week. They should have lost to Arizona State. It was a pick six that, that was, won. Yeah. That was two weeks ago. So, ever since they beat Oregon, they've been walking a tightrope have the Washington Huskies. They have USC, and USC don't look good, but it's still a dangerous opponent. They have Utah, they have Oregon State, and they have Washington State in the Apple Cup at the end of the year. 
Washington does not have an easy road here. I could see them getting tripped up. And if they get tripped up, I don't think a one-loss Washington team gets in. The team that I'm looking at, Jamie, the one that I said at the start of the year that everybody's kind of sleeping on. They've washed their hands of them. I'm like, watch them win the national championship. Now, they still got a long way to go because they do have one loss. I'm curious. Do you remember the team that I said, this will be the year that they win because nobody's talking about them. Everybody's got them kind of crossed off. Marsh, go. Alabama. Alabama roll tide. They're 7-1. and one. And every time an Oklahoma loses or a Penn State loses, they just go up a little higher. You tell me that a, that a one-loss Alabama team that wins the SEC championship is not getting in. They, no. They'd get in. But don't they have to go through Georgia? They, they would have to go through Georgia in the SEC title game, yeah. yes. And they do have an all-fairness. That's problematic because that, that could be two losses. It could, yeah. Two losses, forget it. Yeah. Maybe they'll have to go through M-I-Z. Maybe. You never know. They get the big game on Saturday in between the hedges, Jamie. Yeah. Mizzou's been ready. Two weeks off for Georgia. Lots now, Georgia looks like a juggernaut again, but mm. nonetheless, Mizzou had them dead to rights last year yeah. in Columbia. Did they? Yeah-ish. Yeah. 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 Alabama's got LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga. I love the random Chattanooga game at the end of the year. And then the Iron Bowl against a not great Auburn team. This Saturday, boys, this is it. Number 14, Mizzou, at number one, Georgia. I'm excited. Mizzou's going to give them a game. Now, I asked what the... Are they? Remember somebody asked me what the line... (laughs) I think they will. I don't know. Uh, Jamie, just because Kansas wins a game doesn't mean you flip on Mizzou. No, I'm not. Trust me. I um, I, I just look at Georgia, to Anthony's point, that Georgia finally you know, took the smelling salts and woke up and were like like the like the, the Loch Ness Monster. Not the Loch Ness, the, the Kraken. Ah, they've it's yeah. like under, it's, All of a sudden it wakes up. the Kraken. It comes, yeah. Out of water. <laughs> you couldn't see me, yeah. but I was still there. Yeah, you thought I wasn't there because yeah. you couldn't see me. Yeah. Guess what? I'm back. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me, what, two weeks ago? Sometime, or maybe it was sometime last week what the line would be in the Georgia-Mizzou game. I estimated that since Kentucky was a 14-and-a-half point dog at Georgia, that Mizzou would be like a 12- or 11-and-a-half point dog. I haven't looked yet. Has anybody? I'm going to say 7-and-a-half. You're th- you think it's that low? Whoa. Maybe. What do you think, Jamie? I don't know. I have just, not I'm looked. I'm just spitballing um, here. What was, tech, what was Kentucky? Kentucky was 14-and-a-half point dog. Yeah, I'd say it's 9-and-a-half. We are all wrong. Is it 16-and-a-half? I'm, I'm the closest, but not by much. What did you say? I said I said 11-and-a-half, and, and I'm not close. It's 15-and-a-half. What? That is a disrespectful line. Wow. If, if Kentucky wow. was 14-and-a-half point dog... In Georgia, and Mizzou went into Lexington and waxed them in the second half. How is Mizzou a 15 and a half point dog at Georgia? Mm. That's rough. Odds makers are basically telling you have no shot. Man, they're so close though, too, all the time. But I think it's because odds makers <laughs> are also looking at Georgia, who has woke up. Yeah. I think they're looking at it going, they just put 43 up on Florida. Not that Florida's a great program, but it's almost like as the season has continued to move forward, Georgia's ramping it up. Yeah. The One power- team that I'm curious about, Anthony, mm-hmm. that I didn't think was going to still be sitting there right now, it's Oregon. 
Man, they're good. Like, dude, they played Utah and just dismantled them. And you, that is one of the toughest environments to play in college football. Going into Salt Lake City, that is one of the worst environments to play. And or you're right, Oregon whipped them. Like, and and they did have Washington beat. They did. They, they listen. They lost fair and square in that game. It is what it is. Yeah. But I look at Washington and eight zero. But I look at Oregon at seven and one right now. And then let's try and pull up their schedule here. They've got Cal, USC, Arizona State, and Oregon State. We're probably going to win out. You would think. So yeah. that would put them at 11-1. Again, and then if Washington, if those two teams, we might get a rematch That's in the Pac-12 championship. Too. And whoever wins that will get in. If those two teams are still at one loss and they face each other in the Pac-12 championship, the, the winner will get in. And I think Oregon, Provided nobody else is undefeated. I think that, Oregon, that, that you don't have four undefeated. I think Oregon wins the Pac-12. I think they I think they win. I think they beat Washington. I think they get into the playoff. I mean they're they, freaking good. They're man. very good. Bo Nix has been fantastic. All right. I can't wait moving forward. We get we have big games now each and every week, including this Mizzou Georgia game. I can't believe that line is fifteen and a half. I'm very I surprised pull by that. Up my FanDuel account right now. Promo code fast, by the way. There you go. Mm-hmm. FanDuel.com slash fast. We have blues cues next though. Tell them Jamie sent you. Tell them Jamie sent you. <laughs> Blues cues. <laughs> if you have a, a blues-related question, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, we'll answer them here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. That's right. So if you got a blues-related question, you can send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. That's where Marsh has their blues-related questions right now. I absolutely do, and we're going to start with the 314. How do the Blues become a consistent team? The start of this season looks awfully similar to last year. Well, actually, it doesn't you look bite anything. your tongue. doesn't look anything like last year. As far as the start of the season is concerned, you won three in a row and then lost eight in a row. So this is win-loss, win-loss, win-loss right now. It's not ideal. It's not Mm. optimal. It's not exactly what the doctor ordered. But so far, it's not like last season. Are they asking from a play style standpoint? Maybe. Maybe, Yeah, yeah, maybe. Would that be the case? So I was going to get there. Oh, my bad. No, it's not your bad, Anthony. I appreciate you helping me. I'll let you do what you do. No, you're doing great. Yeah. can, how do they become more consistent? I don't know. <laughs> like, how do you answer that? Like, right. I, I don't like play better, play harder, yep. play better, like make better decisions, score more goals. I mean, these are all things that the Blues can do. I tell you what, I, what I do like about this team so far is their work ethic. Like, they're not playing well every game, but this team is blocking shots. They're they're making they're they're making plays. They're they're hitting guys. They're they're getting involved in scrums. They're defending very hard. Like last year, at times there was games where you're like, they're not even trying. Yeah. And the Vancouver game got it got away from them. There's no doubt. But if you go back to the third period, you still had guys blocking shots. You had guys mixing it up. You had scrums that started. You had like like if a team is not invested or they're not into it, you don't have that. You have a team that's on cruise control. So as far as how do you fix the inconsistency, 
you just have to continue to practice hard, play hard, and pound home the message constantly and hope that the team responds on a you know more consistent basis as far as like their performance. Is it frustrating that the players know exactly what they have to do? They even say it. I know you do like pregame interviews and they say, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that, and then they don't do it. Yeah, so what's frustrating for people is they think that just because you say it, it happens. Mm -hmm. There's another team out there that has a game plan to eviscerate what your game plan is. And so if you're the Blues and you're like, oh, you want to get pucks in deep, want to get on the four check, want to do this. The other team's saying, uh, let's not give up the red line. Let's make sure that we're getting available for the breakout. Let's spend very little time in our end so they can't generate anything. That's their game plan. Mm -hmm. So just like football, if you have an offense versus a defense, who whose game plan is successful? The offense knows exactly what it wants to do, but the defense doesn't let it. And even if you know what the defense is going to do, sometimes they just outwill you at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And so there's a lot of variables that go into a, a hockey game. And just because a team knows what they have to do doesn't necessarily mean the other team's going to let them execute that. From the 618, how is it that the Boston Bruins have remained relevant since the Blues beat them in the Stanley Cup and the Blues have fallen off so dramatically? It's a good question. Well, it is, but they also have some really high-end friggin' players over there. Like Bergeron retired this summer, but he could have still played and been a top-line center in the NHL, even yeah. at the age that he was at. You have Brad Marchand that's been a significant player for a really long time. You have Pasternak, who's a goal scorer. 40, 50 goal score right there. You've drafted pretty well-ish. Your defense is still suspect. You got Charlie McAvoy, who's leading the way back there, but this year is not going to be as good for the Bruins. This is the first year where they're going to feel the pain of being a somewhat successful team. And I say that... Even though they've had a hot start. Even though they've had a hot start. I'm telling you, this is going to... It will equal itself out. I'm telling you. They, they, they don't have enough... In my opinion... They don't have the depth to operate at the pace that they are accustomed to. But I will say this. They've had some nice finds. Mm -hmm. The Poitra kid, he stepped in. He looks like, like, Jay, like Bergeron's been reincarnated into this player. It's like, how do they find this guy? Uh, and then, you know, Trent Frederick, local boy, he's been elevated in the lineup. And he's a really good player. He's a 20-goal scorer. He will be a 20-goal scorer. And he's tough as nails. So it's not that they've been able to maintain something that the Blues haven't. It's just that their contract status and situations were also different. Mm -hmm. They had some pretty top-name guys that were locked in for a long period of time, whereas the Blues had all of those guys expiring, mm -hmm. going back to you know, the, the Petrangelo, the O'Reilly, the Tarasenko. Like anybody who's, not anybody, but a lot of guys with significance had expiring contracts and ended up going somewhere else. Helps to have two good goaltenders, too, that, that they can rely on. And I think the Blues can be that team, too, with Joel Hofer. And we've seen we've seen that so far this season, having two good goaltenders. Uh, from the 636, how many more games does Krug have to go without a point before it's concerning? Yeah, I was, I've been thinking about this. I really have. I talked to a couple of people about it because as an offensive defenseman, like you want to get on the board at some point. Now, the power play not being good this year certainly hurts that. I mean, that's where Tory Krug gets the bulk of his points is on the power play, and the power play has one goal this year. And on that play, Tory Krug didn't get a point, even though he started the play. So it is concerning. 
not from a standpoint for me of like wins and losses. It's concerning for me for the players' confidence. Because hmm. Tory Krug has been playing hard this year for the Blues. And anybody who's watching, truly watching, sees a guy that at least is trying out there. He's playing pretty solid defensively. He's killing penalties, which is not something that he's really been asked to do a lot of in his career. Um, you know, you don't always see it in the games, but I see it at practice and things like that. He He's leading by example. He's being vocal. He's being a good voice in the locker room. So there are a lot of things that Tory Krug is doing very well this year. Problem is that the points aren't going up on the board, and it's, it's literally, it goes hand-in-hand hand with your power play not being very good. From the 314. If the Blues front office was giving the opportunity, would they redo the contract of Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas as far as how much they are getting paid per season, or has the production been worth the pay? Well, we're six games into their contract, so to be determined. I mean, that's the only life I'm given that question. I, I, what do you want me to tell you? There's six games into it. Robert Thomas has, what, five points in six games? It's almost a point per game. Yeah, so I say it's fine. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll let you know in four years. <laughs> well, it, it, Jordan Cairo has had opportunities to score. He's just been a little snake bitten. But yeah. I think by the time he gets it going, usually when you find the back of the net and you're a goal scorer like that, they start to come in bunches. And once your power play starts clicking, mm. now Jordan Cairo has all has had all these opportunities, even strength. The power play really hasn't generated anything yet. Yeah. That's problematic from a power play standpoint. Um, but as far as the contract, honestly, I'm not even being snarky to the texter. I'll let you know in four years. This is an eight-year deal. There's no way you're going to know in year one or, or month one of that contract for that matter. Yeah. From the 314, how can the Blues players have fun? Overthinking about what you have to do is not fun. What was that? Sorry, I was reading another text. Go ahead. Uh, how can the Blues players have fun? Overthinking about what you have to do is not fun. Yeah, look, winning equals fun, bottom line, and losing equals pain. So the Blues have had a little bit of an emotional roller coaster so far this season, having won one, lost one, and going in that order. But being around this group, it seems like a group that has a pretty good time. Like, they're they're enjoying being at the rink. Uh, they enjoy being around their teammates. Now, has that you know, translated to ultimate success on the ice? Well, no, because you're going one and one all the time, one win, one loss. But I do think these guys are having fun. I do think they like each other. I think it's a good group. I don't see that being a problem right now. From the 618, what would it take for the GM, Doug Armstrong, to add to this Blues team at the deadline? Well, the deadline's quite far away. We're six games into this, so who knows what we'll need to do. Maybe it'll be a liquidation sale like it was last year if things don't go according to plan. Nobody wants that. Let's hope not. But I can tell you this about Doug Armstrong. Here's what I know about Army is that if this team has a chance to do anything in the playoffs or has a chance to make the playoffs, that they're right there to bubble, he'll add. He will figure out a way to make this team better, to make the playoffs, or to give them an opportunity to be successful at least in a round or two of the playoffs. He doesn't like to have a team that is a losing team, and Doug also feels a personal responsibility to the fan base to get this team into the playoffs. He also feels a responsibility to the ownership group to get this team into the playoffs. So if this team shows any signs of life come trade deadline time, or if they're in a spot where they're already in a playoff spot, 
then Army will add to the group. There you have it. There's your Blues cues here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We get the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Time to play the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, where it is 4.03. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Salter, and we welcome in Bill to the gauntlet. What's up, Bill? How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. All right. Bill, would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or me today in the gauntlet? Uh, I guess I'll go with Jamie and hope I don't get hockey. All right. Fair enough. Wow, Bill, coming after me, huh? All right, buddy. I see what we got here. Jamie, if the right. if the wheel spins fast lane picks, yeah. well, what would you like? Baseball. Okay, done. Wow. How about them apples? Done deal. That's how confident I am today. I like it. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> good luck, Bill. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right, Bill, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin it, Marshy. All right, Marsh is going to spin the actual wheel now. We got the sound effects because our wheel, our real, our wheel is silent. But if you're watching via the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel, you can see the actual wheel being spun. What Come do we got? On. It's random again. The wheel loves random. And Grant uh, hates that. Well, because he, he's having to redo random every two sec, every two I know. two days. I feel so bad. Or pretty much every day now. Okay, so you got the launch codes. I do. Let me give them to you. All right. While Marsh is digging out the launch codes, Bill and Jamie are going to get the same four random questions today. Each question is worth two points, unless the question, unless the uh, unless Bill or Jamie need the options, and there therefore those questions are worth one point. Bill, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question one: What is the only planet in our solar system that rotates clockwise? What is the only planet in our solar system that rotates clockwise? I'm going to have to have the options. All right, Bill. Is it Venus, Neptune, or Mars? I'm going to go with Venus. Final answer? Yeah. Question number two. Which country is known for creating the sport of cricket? Britain. Is that your final answer? Yes, final answer. Question three, Bill. Which country is known as the land of the rising sun? Japan. Final answer? Final answer. And question number four. In which city did the first modern Olympic Games take place in 1896. Athens. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Let's bring back Jamie from the Kona Silence. Bill, how you feeling? Uh, I really didn't want random, but not feeling great. Okay. We'll see how you do. 
Jamie's back from the Cone of Silence. How was it today, Jamie? Uh, I was good. We had Mike Ryder and, and Carrie in there talking to it. Not Carrie Dears, Carrie Sheehan mm-hmm. in there talking to us. We're having a good old time there. So, yeah. Carrie wished me good luck. So, hopefully, that means something. I don't know. Mm. Well, you better pack a lunch. Yeah. yeah. How'd my guy Wild Bill do? Well, Marsh, go ahead. Tell me again. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, for the second time, pack a lunch. Oh. All right, Andrew. Jamie, the wheel spun. Power bar, I mean, you know. Random. Yes, I love random. Do I? Damn it. Question one. What is the only planet in our solar system that rotates clockwise? What is the only planet in our solar system that rotates clockwise? I mean, everybody knows this. Um, Hmm. Hmm. I, I... I feel like I need the options, but I, I don't feel like it's going to help. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Would you like to narrow narrow no. down your choices? No, it doesn't matter because even whatever you give me doesn't matter. Okay. So I might as well take a shot at it. All right, I like the logic. Um, you know what I want to say, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I go with. Neptune, king of the sea. Final answer? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Question number two. Which country is known for creating the sport of cricket? Mm, was that India? Or Africa? Oof, I almost feel like it's India. But ah, give me the options, please. Options are Germany, India, England. Yeah. Son of a batch of biscuits. It might be England, those sneaky buggers. But I'm going to go with my gut, Anthony. Nice. I preach to you. Mm-hmm. You don't ever listen, but I'm going to listen to me. Yeah. Go with India. Final answer, please. I listen sometimes. True. Question three. Which country is known as the land of the rising sun? <sighs> land of the rising sun. Okay. Is that Japan? to think of some of the things. Land of the Rises. Ah, give me the options. Japan? Ah. China? Vietnam? Yeah, it's China. Final answer. Question number four. No, it's probably Japan. Son of a... <laughs> got the damn red circle. Of the, 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 get the sun! Damn dumb. Question <laughs> number four. <laughs> In which city did the first <laughs> modern Olympic Games take place in 1896? You'd like to think it was Rome, but would that be modern? I don't know. That wouldn't be. Roman times, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really modern, Anthony. Mm. Do you think about Rome ever? Nope. Nope. I think about Trojan horses a lot. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Don't know why. It was a gift. Mm. What, but was it? Mm. Kind of a crappy gift. Yeah. Kind of a crappy gift. Some would say it mimics other situations in life where you think you're getting this beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. There's a horrible, horrible <laughs> reality lodged inside of it. Horrible surprise. Horrible surprise. And waiting you for you. You don't know it. As you're sleeping. No, you don't know it right away. Mm-mm. It might be years. And all of a sudden, 
the door opens and this evil seeps out. And you're like, oh, where were you for mm-hmm. X amount of years? I was in the horse. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, equate it to whatever you want. But, sure. Um, yeah. Try to pick up what you're throwing down, but yeah. I feel like there's a lot of different directions we can go with that. Of course. Yeah. Just like anything in life. Andrew, it's what you make. Okay, give me the options, please. Is it Rome? <laughs> <laughs> Paris or Athens? I think it was Athens. Final answer, please. All right, let's go over these. Random. Bill versus Jamie. I feel like Bill kicked my ass. Well, let's find out. <laughs> Which country is known for creating the sport of cricket? Bill, without the options, you went Britain. Jamie, with the options, you went huh. India. Correct answer is? It is England. It is England. Zero, zero between Bill. All right, I see where this is headed. And, and I Jamie. Did, I did look this Wait, up, just in case there's I any... I would give that to Bill. England is Great Britain. Well, um, come on. Here's I'm not giving it to him. Which country? England is a country. Great Britain is a series of countries. Mm. Okay. Also, Scott, like, Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wrote you. down zero for both of you guys. <laughs> All right. Bill, I would have gave that to you, but these guys are, well, you know... We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, let's just see how it shakes out. All right? Why do you say it like that? In which city did the... Hey... You know. <laughs> in which city did the first modern Olympic Games take place in, ni- in 1896? Bill, you said Athens. Jamie, you said Athens. Damn Correct it. answer is... It is Athens. But Bill did not need the options. Give me a break. Bill with the 2-1 lead. Is this Bill? Is his last name Google? Over Jamie. <laughs> which yeah, country Bill is known as the land... <laughs> I can't see too good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting waxed. Which country is known as the land of the rising sun? Bill, you said Japan. Jamie, you said China. I said Japan. And then I said China. Yes, I, went, you did. I literally went against what I said the question before. 100%. Stupid. <laughs> Correct answer is Japan. <laughs> it's definitely Japan. And Bill did not need the options on that one. So he's got a 4 1 lead over Jamie. What is the only planet in our solar system that rotates clockwise? Jamie, with the without the options, you said Neptune, which was on the option oh, list. Oh, thank God. Uh, Bill used the options. He said Venus. Ooh. Correct answer is Venus. Yeah, Bill. You what have the chosen hell? wisely. What was the other option? Mars. <laughs> oh, you missed one. Yep. Uh, Especially clockwise. Um. So Bill wins today over Jamie, five to one. Bill, congratulations, Bill, nice man. job, I mean, man. you absolutely beat the living piss out of me today. Thanks, Jamie. I really thought Britain and England were the same thing. I would have said England. Well, now wow. that I know how good you did, Bill, don't get pushy, okay? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, according to, uh, according to Bill Google, uh, Bill Google. It, is, it is a Great Britain is a sovereign state in the same way as France or the United States, but is made up of four countries, England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So technically England. But it didn't matter because... It didn't matter. I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Bill, you did a great job. Nice work. You'll be back tomorrow Thanks. to take on Marsh or me. Nice job. All right. All right. Thank see you. That's Wild Bill here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, crushed it. Jamie, that was a tough one for you today. Yeah, I uh, I felt good about it mm-hmm. at first until I felt bad about it. Was it after you said that Africa was a country? No. <laughs> no. I I actually meant South Africa, so thank <laughs> God you. I didn't even catch that. I didn't either. The text line I didn't either. obviously uh, yeah. has receipts. I, yeah, I did not.
I didn't think of that when you said it. Yeah. At obviously, least I didn't pick it. Obviously a continent, but yeah, yeah. obviously. I was thinking South Africa. Yeah. They have a lot of games they there. They do. Absolutely. India has a ton of cricket. Yep. Then I did say, again, I You I said did, England. I said it's probably those sneaky buggers in England. You did. And I just put you on with your gut. I, 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 no, I kind of that. ignored it. Yeah. I don't blame you. You know that. what? It's like it's like having the Panthers, but then switching your pick to the Texans. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's that's what it's like. Boy, I had it. Didn't I? Some people picked up exactly what I meant with my Trojan horse reference. Yeah. Others did not. I, I kind of think. One of these is disturbing. I had to correct them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Others picked it up. Well nice. done. All right. Let's talk Let's talk about why Chief uh, decided to go Hofer, then Bennington, and then Perunovic and Bortuzzo. There's a discussion there, too, that's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Blues off until Wednesday night when they take on the Avalanche. We'll have the pregame for you starting at 7.30 right here on 101 ESPN. That's uh, obviously a road game with the pregame starting at 7.30. Jamie Rivers is, uh, is back right now. So the fast lane on 101 ESPN. So, Jamie, when it comes to the decision for Chief to go with Hofer, then Bennington, what do you think the thought process is here? Uh, it's always intriguing, right, because the traditional way – uh, on a back-to-back game is you play your number one goalie in the first game and you throw your backup goalie to the Wolves in the second game. Sure. And, Anthony, you've known me for a number of years now. And from the very first moment that we started doing radio together, I always questioned why they would do that. Yes. I said, why would you not go with your backup goalie in the first game when your team is completely fresh mm-hmm. and go with your better goalie in the second game because you're probably going to need more help. Yeah. But it hasn't really evolved like that. Still, to this day. Where well, everybody's thinking the same, Jamie. They're not thinking like you outside no. the outside the bun. You're right, Anthony. But also, my job doesn't depend on me being right with that either. I can just say it and be wrong and be like, yeah, well, and come to work the next day and not get fired for mm-hmm. it. So they got a little more on the line than I do. But that being said, um, we had the opportunity in uh, Winnipeg to have a chat with some of the Blues coaching staff. And just have an open dialogue about it. And it was so intriguing, especially with uh, goalie coach David Alexander, to hear him break down, you know, why they make certain decisions with which goalie and how they prep them and what their thoughts are. And I'm not going to go into detail over what he talked about. It's not like it's any hidden secrets or anything. It's just too much to really go over right now. But, you know, they thought that Joel Hofer in Calgary – was a really good fit, and that you know Jordan Bennington was a good fit against the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain anticipation that there would be a heavier workload in Vancouver, which doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. You know, you got back-to-back games, you're flying at night. It's not terrible, but it's not ideal. And the Vancouver team had not played in, what, three or four days, so they were well-rested, to yep. say the least. So you knew they were going to come out with – Quite a bit of speed and with quite a bit of offense to their game. And the Blues, I, I think the Blues picked wisely. So let, let's just dissect this for a, sec, for a second here. 
You ended with a 3 nothing win over the Calgary Flames. Joel Hofer made some nice saves. Um, wasn't really called upon to make any highlight reel type saves, but the saves he made were the ones he should make. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about Joel Hofer in Calgary was his rebound control was fantastic. The pucks were sticking to him. And all that means is that there's no rebound. He was trapping the puck or catching the puck, and there's no there's no more he, that kills the play. It's over. And that's something that Jordan Bennington has done very well this season. And when Jordan Bennington is on his game, that's something he does extremely well. So I thought that that was a really good choice to have Joel Hofer against this struggling Calgary team. But nonetheless, it's still a really difficult building to play in as the goalie. they got a lot of intensity. The crowd is buzzing. You knew those guys were going to come out, try to come out hard. They'd been losing. So either way, that ended up being the right choice. Now, let's fast forward to the game in Vancouver. And I'm not saying that Joel Holfer wouldn't have played well, but can you imagine now the exact scenario repeating itself, but with Joel Holfer in net, not Jordan Bennington? Mm-mm. 19 shots in the first period. Yeah. Jordan Bennington had to make countless highlight reel saves. Uh, over 28 and a half, in fact. Yeah, he did. Our guy. I heard about that. Yeah. Good job, guys. Our guy, who is it? Uh, is it Ron? Dan. Dan. Ron's brother. Uh, he for won't sure. fade or fell mm-hmm. for that. That's good. Unfortunately for Bennington, he had to make a lot of saves. He, he did. So, yeah. But so, so again, so present that situation. Now you have Joel Hofer in net, yeah. who you know hasn't played since the Coyotes game. And what happened in the Coyotes game? Nah, well, it, was a, it wasn't a fresh team. Couldn't stay connected. He saw a lot of shots and unfortunately. Ultimately gave up, what, six? Yeah. So this is why, this is why coaches do all the work that they do. This is why when you think it's just like, well, they're just playing. No, they're not. There's a thought process that goes into this. And you also know as a coaching staff, and this is not from them, this is my opinion, that as a coaching staff, you understand the personalities of your goalies too. And it's not that Joel Hofer isn't confident and doesn't have swagger. He does. The kid does, and I love that about the kid. But he's coming off his first game, and it was a loss to the Coyotes. So now imagine him coming off a loss now to the Vancouver Canucks, which it ended up being 5 nothing, and Bennington stood on his freaking head. Yeah. And I'm not saying Hofer would have given up more than 5, but who knows? Maybe it's 5 in the first period. Yeah. And then you see Bennington anyways. You know what I'm saying? So the thought process there for the coaching staff and the evaluation ended up being the right choice. And I think that's what you're going to see throughout this season. It's not just going to be cookie cutter for these goalies. There is a real strategy that's in place from the coaching staff, in particular David Alexander. That's his job. Mm-hmm. He's the goalie coach. And they're going to try and maximize both goalies, who are really good goaltenders. That's one thing the Blues have right now that you can you know, you rest your hat on and be like, you know what, these guys got good goalies, so let's go from there. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter, it's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Maybe we'll get into that Prunovich Bortuzzo conversation a little bit later on in the show. But just as a reminder, we've got Blues and Avalanche for you, 7.30 pregame on Wednesday. We also have the Monday Night Football game tonight between the Lions and the Raiders. That pregame starts at 6.30 following an instant replay. We don't have game three between the Diamondbacks and Rangers, but we will have game four for you tomorrow night as the World Series continues the next uh, three nights, in fact, that they're going to be in Arizona. We've got Narrative or Reality next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
Time to play narrative or reality here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. What do you got for us, Marsh? All right, narrative or reality. It is better to be a low seed in Major League Major League Baseball's playoffs than it is to be a higher seed. Well, it certainly has played out that way of late. The Diamondbacks this year, last season, you had the Phillies, who obviously were, and unfortunately we know this with the Cardinals, they were a low seed. Jamie, they advanced. Yeah, but that's, I don't, no. I'm not going to give you that. No? You're not going to give the Phillies? No. The Diamondbacks and the Phillies are not even close. Outside of the fact that they were low seeds. Really? Mm -hmm. You take that? Really? No. The Phillies were a team, they were a damn powerhouse. They didn't play like it in the regular season. I agree. Yeah, I, I think there there might there might be something to it. I actually just think that when it comes to the postseason, you get these shorter series, and sometimes you can't. You, you think that you can line up your pitching, but it winds up being a thing where it's like, all right, the little bit of a delay cost you. Look at City. City laid an egg last night, <sighs> and they had a little bit of a layoff where this sporting KC team was just they they had a fight to get in. And they've been in that kind of playoff mindset. I'm not saying that's that's what it takes to, to win it all, but there must be something to it. Arizona had a fight to get in. Philly last year had a fight to get in. Of course, Houston had a great year, and they want to win it at all. Can't overlook that. Texas struggled down the stretch. Yeah, they did. But they still had a fight to get in. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's a reality. Okay. I want to call it a narrative, but yeah. I don't think it is. Hmm. Somewhat a real of a reality. It's a half a reality. <laughs> it's reality-ish. Okay. <laughs> Tonight, Monday Night Football, <laughs> Lions, Raiders. I'm assuming all of us are on the Lions. Yes. Okay. Narrative or reality? This will be Josh McDaniel's last shot at being a head coach in the NFL. Reality. Oh, that's a big reality. Reality. It's tough these days to get three shots. I, I don't know, in fact, who has gotten three shots of late. You know? Like Mike McCarthy's on his second team. Bill Belichick is on his second team. Josh McDaniels is on his second team. Uh, Pete Carroll is on his second. I mean, you think about the, the coaches that have been around a while. I'm talking about head coaches, too, not, not coordinators that have bounced around. It's tough to get the third opportunity. And this really technically is his third opportunity. Because he was Denver's head coach, and then he was Indianapolis's head coach for about 30 seconds. <laughs> took he took the job. So he he kind of is already on his third job. So yeah, this this will be his last head co- coaching opportunity. If he gets fired in Vegas, he's gonna be an, an OC from here on out. Yeah, he he won't get the uh he won't get the keys to the camper ever again. No. Narrative or reality, the weather and start time played a factor in why City SC couldn't get to their game last night. Narrative. Uh, narrative. Uh, as far as I as, as far as I remember, Sporting KC had the exact same thing to deal with, and they were on the road. I uh, stand corrected. Our guy Randy Kierker texted in. I said Pete Carroll's on his second. He's on his third. He was the coach of the Jets, the Patriots, yeah. and now the Seahawks. What did you say? I said two. I was thinking only Patriots. I forgot he was the Jets head coach. So thank you, Randy. Go ahead. City SC. 
bunch of excuses. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, like crap. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, true. No, I said uh, narrative <laughs> on it mm-hmm. because Sporting KC had the exact same stuff to deal with. Yeah, late start time, cold, Everything. wet, and they were on the road. In hostile territory, City SC City Park is supposed to be terrible to play as a visiting team. Didn't feel like it last night. No, did not. Felt like a dream come true if you're sporting KC. Speaking of our guy RK too, he made a great point about the start time. Would the would the NFL ever start a game at 9:30 at night? No, no. Why the? Why I almost swear. Why why (laughs) did you start that game that late if you're MLS in the Midwest? You have two Midwest teams. Probably because it was on FS1 and they didn't want to compete with Sunday Night Football. That, that that's two different that, audiences. You're right. You're, mean, you're giving me the the answer I, mean, I was looking I for. I was watching the Sunday Night Football game and then I had Man. this city game on. At that point, doesn't somebody have to raise their hand and say it's it, it's really two different audiences? Mm, but you're trying to attract more eyeballs. At that point. Doesn't somebody just say, let's play the game a different day? I would have, I would have put that thing in prime time and given my soccer fans an opportunity to watch it. They're probably not tuning into Chargers Bears. And I realize that you're just going, you're thinking Sunday night football and not necessarily the matchup, but well, and, I'm putting that in prime time. And they're a number one seed too. Why yes. would you screw them with a late start time? Now, when we do look at the weather... I'm not even so sure if they start that game earlier, if it's even played. It was raining really hard yesterday. And granted, it was during the was, game, was too. Was there lightning? Not where Play I on. was driving around. Play on. I saw, I saw a city team take care of F, FC Cincinnati in nasty late weather, too. It's true. Make a great point. Took them right to the woodshed. They didn't play well. Mm. They didn't. So that's all I have to say on that. Force comes though. Uh, narrative or reality? This is from the text line, uh, and I can't find it right now for some reason. But narrative or reality? We can tell if a team is a Super Bowl contender based on the first few games of the season. No, absolutely not. That's a narrative. If so, the 49ers would would have been my Super Bowl team, and they were, in fact, at the start of the year. Yeah. Before any games are played, but no, you cannot go. You, you cannot go week to week in the NFL. We try to, but look at Kansas City yesterday. Who had them losing to the to the Broncos? Patrick Mahomes hadn't lost a, a road divisional game in 16 tries. He had owned Denver. He's a little sick. They turn the ball over five times, and boom, you get you get one of those bigger upsets. We're gonna write Kansas City off now? No. Now San Francisco, three straight losses. You you could you could tell that there's there's some big bigger issues at hand there, including injuries. But you can't tell in September. In fact, a lot of the teams that play well in September are the ones that aren't necessarily physical. They're fast. They've got really good offenses. As the season wears on, it starts to get a little colder. Teams start to get banged up. That's when the defenses and the running games start to start to come through, and those are the teams that typically win the Super Bowl. So no, I think it's a war. It's the worst time to judge whether or not a team's in a, a Super Bowl. Oh, contender. you mean like Cincinnati? Like Cincinnati? Yes. Okay, Marsh. I was wrong about the Bengals. Well, maybe, right? maybe, maybe, maybe you won't be. Still got a lot of season left. They look good. They look real good.
They look back. They look like a Bengal tiger. Yeah, they do. Mm. Big old head, just ready, ready to eat it. Oh yeah, eat its victims. Joe Burrow looks good, man. Yes, he does. Narrative or reality? The Blues have too many playmakers and not enough scores. Not hmm. enough goal scores. I'd say that's a narrative. Give me the playmakers. What's the difference between playmakers and scores? Because I think when you're a playmaker, you're a scorer. Playmakers like a passer. Oh, like he makes plays. Other guys score. Ah. So who are the like as of right now? The Blues haven't scored a ton of goals, so it's tough to evaluate. But I can tell you, based on my knowledge of each player, of what they truly are. Mm-hmm. You really only have two playmakers on this team: Robert Thomas and Braden Shen. Shen is not a playmaker. Robert Thomas and Kevin Hayes. Hazy's not really a playmaker. I would almost say that Buchnevich is a playmaker, but he's also a goal scorer. Yeah. So, so him and Robert Thomas. That's what I'd go with. You know, Kairou still thinks he's a playmaker at times, which is part of the problem because he's sometimes looking to pass the puck mm-hmm. when there's times when the puck is being passed to him because he's the best option to shoot it. Mm. Like there's a sequence in, in Calgary where Booch comes right down the pipe, right down Broadway. The goalie bites, everybody bites, and he fires a pass over to Kairou. Kairou takes the puck and fires it back to Buchnevich. <laughs> Buchnevich passes it back to Kairou. You take it. And then Markstrom makes a hell of a save after that. But, like, if he just shoots the puck, why is he passing it back? Well, even, even like, this is just my thinking. Just shoot the puck, and I know a lot of, a lot of times, sometimes they miss the net. Like, I think that's a, a big thing that fans would like to see corrected is how many times they end up missing the net. But why not fire just, instead of passing it, fire a low shot on a on a pad and get a rebound? Yeah, I agree. The pass that's almost the as pad. good as a pat, uh, as a normal pass. Yeah, it is. So, I, so back to the question, as far as playmakers are concerned, the Blues really only have like two playmakers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The rest of them are... There's a lot of lunch pail guys. There's a lot of like north south players like Saad and Shan and north south. Kapanen's a very north south player. Uh, Torpchenko, neighbors. You know, these are all north south players. Play. So, yeah, I'd say that it's not too many playmakers. All right, that's narrative reality. We have Sports Six Pack next. So, if you get a question for us, 314 399 9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Send in your questions. Sports Six Pack next in the fast lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time for your questions via the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. What do you got, Marsh? Question number one. From the 314. So, have you guys seen the series Shorzy yet? Second season just dropped, and I think it's pretty good. Jamie, is it relatable to the minor, minor leagues? (laughs) Yeah, so first of all, it won't be relatable for a lot of people unless, Mm. if you know, you know. 
And mm, uh, so good. It's it's pretty funny though. Regardless, and we uh, Ashley and I started watching season two last night, and we just love it. We love it. But it is relatable to like Northern Ontario, like junior hockey or like minor minor leagues. Yeah, I would say that's kind of what it is. Is you got a bunch of guys who, you know, drinking beer, you know, tearing up the town. Mm that kind of thing and then they go out and play and it's like old school lots of fights and a lot of chirping some great chirps by the way fantastic um yeah stuff. what's it on i haven't seen it i it's know on, you guys it's on hulu it's on hulu, hulu. okay all right it's actually hilarious anthony you'd get it yeah you'd get it i mean it started season one and go through it it's it's a really easy watch mm-hmm. and uh it, it's just funny as hell man i i absolutely love it my my son got me hooked on that, and he played it one night for Ashley and I, and then we we haven't been able to stop watching. Nice. It. What's what's cool is I know a bunch of the guys that are in it too. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played against well Jordan Nolan, uh, John Morasti, Nasty Morasti, and Terry Ryan, and Terry Ryan's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so Lies? yeah, the, <laughs> Ted Hitchcock is his name. Yeah, you say it real okay. fast though. Say oh, it real so it's fast. real player. It's real players. <laughs> say it real fast, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> what is it? Ted Hitchcock. Yeah, I'll like, I'll let you guys do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm. yeah, Terry Ryan was a first round pick to the Montreal Canadiens, and so they've used real hockey players as the actors. It's a good something. idea if you could get away with it, like yeah, if because normally the actors aren't good enough to make it realistic, and the players yeah. aren't good enough actors to, you know, they're perfect at their job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just put That's it that good. way. Right. And for those that haven't seen it, if you have seen Letter Kenny, there's a a lot of similar actors. It's that kind of style of show. So gotcha. it, it's really funny. So it's unbelievable. Just as sticks. Are unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Question number two. Settle down. Uh, serious note here. Um, a real tragic thing happened this weekend with Adam Johnson, um, former NHLer. We have a question from the 314. Planning on getting my six and seven-year-olds a neck guard after what happened to Adam Johnson. I have put off getting one after two years, but wanted to hear your two cents on the event and advice on neck guards. And do I go with Bauer, CCM, other brands, or does it matter? Thanks for any help you can provide. Yeah, so to give a background here of what happened, uh, Adam Johnson was playing over in the the UK league, um, and there was a hit that was made by a player. It wasn't a hit. The player was like a – there was a collision, and his skate – went up in the air and slit his throat yeah not gonna go any more into it because it, it is very graphic if you see the video so obviously now the the question begs like why are guys not wearing neck guards mm-hmm. why have we not done this before and it's a, it's a couple players now that this has happened to over the years now mm-hmm. few and far between which is great um but yeah so it's tough. Tough. There's a lot. There's a lot of branches on this tree right now. Um, you know, the the the, the, um, the English Hockey League is now mandating as of December 31st that all players wear neck protection, and they're allotting for time for supplies because obviously right now a lot of people are going out and buying these products. Right. Uh, man, I talked to TJ Oshie last night because TJ Oshie has a company called War Road, mm. and they make head to toe basically, not head to, but like. They make a top with the integrated neck guard in it 
So it comes up like a mock turtleneck. It comes up and it has the Kevlar and all that. It's cut resistant. And they sell it to youth hockey players. And they have adult sizes too. Then they have cut resistant pants that you wear, like you know the, the tight Under Armour like type of pants yeah, that you'd wear sure. under. And they have cut resistant socks. We've seen so many injuries in the NHL recently of guys getting their legs cut because somebody Jeez. skates over the back of their leg. And yeah. So yes, companies are out there with the product. Uh, Bauer does make a product as well, and so does War Road. I don't know. I, I didn't go too deep into the research of it, but I know that last night Ashley and I purchased one of those tops, a Bauer top with the Kevlar neck for her son, Reed, who's a hockey player. I was like, yeah, you're not playing another game without that. There's yeah. no reason. Yeah. You know, right. neck guards used to kind of be looked at as bulky and this and that. They're not now. It's literally like an Under Armour shirt with like a little extra piece up here to protect your neck. So. Well, geez, I mean. I wonder how long it is until the NHL has something like this. Yeah. Because, you know, visors at one point were deemed as like, that'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only a few guys wear the visors. And then now visors are mandatory. Right. So how long now until the integrated neck guard is part of it? Well, I don't know. You see nets now. Nets in every arena. Yeah. 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 I can't believe that, too. by the way. Yeah. I can't believe, like, when yeah. I first came into the NHL... You'd be in warm up and you'd be humming that puck and you'd hit the crossbar and you'd be flying up like people. Wait, there were no nets. There was behind no netting. Them. No, them. It, it took net, a tragic yeah. death. Yeah, in, in Columbus. Col- yeah, in Columbus. Twelve-year-old girl. I didn't even. I mean, ever since I've been born and playing, like it did, nets have always been. Yeah, there. no, there was no nets before. So imagine warm up. You're sitting in one of those seats, like behind the, the net. Yeah, and you're up just about ten rows above the glass. Let's say. Oh my gosh. And all those pucks hitting off the crossbar and things like that. Yeah. Or like an Al McKinnis shot on a power play, hits a crossbar and goes straight up. Yeah. And mm. pops you right between the eyes. Yeah. That's like I mean so, lights out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tragedy. As you mentioned, Jamie, now it's like what why even take the risk? You especially if you got youth youth athletes. Yeah. Just get them protected. Just get them. Like if I if I was youth hockey today, mandated. Uh, all across St. Louis, if I was on the board for, you know, Youth hockey, it's it. Look at mandate it. That's mm-hmm. it, and make it a December thirty first, or because there's going to be some supply issues. Sure, with so many people now right. seeing that tragic event and all that, it, they're going to be buying it quickly. And Osh last night said the same thing. It's like we're having supply issues right now, but you know we're doing our best to kind of get it out there. Yeah. Question number three. Uh, the NFL trade deadline coming up here soon from the 618 with the NFL trade deadline tomorrow. Who do you think will be the most impactful player traded? Well, we're seeing a lot of teams come out and say, you know, like Kirk Cousins nixed the, uh, any sort of deal a couple of weeks ago by saying he he wouldn't waive his no trade clause. Unfortunately, if you if, unless you've been on a rock, you know, now that Kirk Cousins is out for the year with a, an Achilles injury. Wait, what? Yeah, sorry. But maybe Jameis Winston goes from New Orleans to Minnesota. Marsh had mentioned that earlier, and there's been reports that the Saints and Vikings are, are motivated to get a deal done before tomorrow's deadline. But a guy like Derrick Henry probably won't get dealt. I had thrown out there maybe Daniel, Daniel Hunter of the Vikings gets traded. Uh, we've already seen Williams get traded from the Giants to the Seahawks. Leonard Williams, who's a pass rusher for the Giants now, now for the Seahawks. I don't know if we're going to see see anybody else really impactful. Again, hey, Derrick Henry, no. Those positions are hard, though, because especially with football, you have to learn new schemes. I just Playbook. go out there and play. Just go out there and play, Andrew. I feel like with, with Baker did it. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he sure did. did. He had a great One throw. throw. <laughs> Got him another contract. It's in. You know, with those okay. other positions. 
Yeah. Like, what do you, all Quarter, you got to do is run and get the quarterback. Quarterback is almost impossible. You could see pass rushers get traded because everybody needs a pass rusher. And if a guy is going to be deemed too expensive for a team, you know, maybe they, they look to deal him right now. Running backs typically are traded because it's a little bit easier to to pick up the playbook from a, from a running back standpoint. Um, but most impactful, maybe it's Jameis Winston. That's it. That would be really tough to pick up things quickly, but he's got a, a really high football IQ. James Winston? Yeah, he does. Did I ever what? tell you the story? Yeah, so so pre-draft, I'll tell it very quickly. Uh, the problem he had before is because he couldn't see the he playbook. He couldn't see the playbook, yeah. Well, he couldn't <laughs> see he couldn't see the other team uh, either, uh, what color jerseys they were. But he saw his team like 50% of the time. 50% of the time he did, it absolutely. He threw a lot of touchdowns, just a lot of picks. Of uh, yeah. He Ugh. did. Uh, kid won a national championship, 40, 40 too. 40 club. 40, yeah, not great. But, so... Pre pre draft, so Jameis Jameis is going to be you know likely the number one overall pick or you know one one of the top picks in that that year's draft. So Tampa had him for a pre draft visit, and they decided, and I think it was Dirk Cutter at the time that was the the head coach there. So he um, let me roll this over. We can roll it over. Do you no, this no, story? no, finish the Marcia, story. Don't, right. cut, don't cut off my friend. I'll, I'll be quick. Them off. You did. Stop it. <laughs> What do we got? Canadian Wi-Fi in here? Keep going. <laughs> well, that was that was really good, Marsh. So the Bucks had him in pre-draft and said, "Hey, here's here's the playbook. Learn, or maybe it was just a a significant portion of the playbook or most of the playbook. Here's a playbook. Just see how you learn. You know, learn as much as you can, and then we'll you know go for lunch. So they did. They gave him an hour, hour and a half, or something like that to study the playbook. Then they took him around the facility, showed him the facility." took him to lunch hours went past because they wanted to extend it to see how much he had picked up yeah whatever portion it was he knew all of it wow. winston knew every single portion of that playbook and again i can't remember is the full playbook or three quarters of it or whatever he knew all he could recall all of it on the the chalkboard mm-hmm. Jameis winston high football iq he just Turned the damn ball over too much and then wound up with the Saints, and the Saints just kind of buried him. It's my future QB right You're there. You're damn right. And I, I he, would play him on Sunday, regard, regardless of how much he knows. He's a Falcon killer. You'll win that game. I Marshall. think he'd be a great fit. Honestly, he might be your only chance to make the playoffs. Oh, I think so too. Why I mean, not? Taylor Hall's not going to help us out. No, no, he's not. He's playing ice hockey. Yeah. In Chicago. At that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What? Let's carry over our sports yeah, experience. We got to three, right? Yeah. It's yeah, three more to go, Anthony. You know what? Not good enough. Not even close. Not, Not even close. close. No. More six. More six back next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, let's continue our sports six pack. Question four, please. Question number four. All right, guys, I need you to determine if this is a troll or a text. All right. Uh, It is a question. 
From the 314, why did St. Louis City SC only start one forward when they have been played <laughs> when they have played two forwards all season long? Goes against their game plan. I refuse to discuss tactical things. I think that I think that's a text. I think it's ironic and I love it. <laughs> Jamie, uh, no. weren't you saying something earlier? No, I didn't say anything, Anthony, because uh, here's something I've learned about uh, St. Louis. Not all soccer fans. That's unfair. Some soccer fans. Mm-hmm. The moment you start talking about anything to do with soccer, you're wrong. And stop talking about it is what we're told. So guess what? I'm not going to talk about it. Fair. But yeah, they, they only played one four last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Carnell really screwed the pooch on that one. And uh, it cost him. Along with the weather, the long delay, yeah. and every I other mean, excuse that we've heard today. And they didn't score first, too. Yeah, no, they didn't score first. And when you don't score first, you score last. Well, they didn't score last they didn't either. They didn't score last either. Yeah, yeah. When, you score, when you don't score first, a lot of times you don't score last and you lose. I will say I was very encouraged when they did give up that first goal that they went right back down and responded very quickly. Timmy P. Timmy P. It was a great effort. Mm-hmm. And... I'm like, all right, like that is what you want to see out of your squad. And then the rest of the match just went completely sideways. The match went sideways on the pitch, and mm-hmm. they. Uh, and the rain was going sideways. Yeah, those footballers, they just couldn't get it done. Mm-mm. Question number five. From the 636, when Mo goes trick or treating tomorrow night, which pitcher does he hope to land in his bag? Oh, mm. come on. Does he hope? Ah, uh, Verhagen. Yeah, probably bringing back Verhagen. I'm sure. Get yeah. a good deal on that guy right now. I'll say Sonny Gray. Mm. What kind of? So let's let's compare some pitchers. I like this to Candy. So Aaron Nola would be like your Reese's Pieces. I don't or, think or Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay, sorry. Good, my yeah. bad. My bad. Mm. Two different like, Reese's things. Reese's pieces? Not Reese's pieces. Reese's, Reese's peanut pieces butter cup would yeah. be your Aaron Nola. Blake Snell would probably be um would be like your your next most popular candy. Like Twix? Yeah, Twix. Yeah. That's a good one. Maybe those small sour patch kids. Not the big box, of course. Okay. But the little bag. Yeah. Sunny Gray, I think, would be a solid, like, Kit Kat. Yeah. Like the mini one or the big one? We are hoping for a big one, but, yeah, you know, sometimes you don't get it. You're right. Hmm. Who would be a Twix bar? I've been eating those left and right. Well, Blake Snell. He's a Twix bar? Yeah. Okay. You were thinking Sour, you were, you were thinking sour Patch, but we had already decided oh, on Oh, you did, Twix, yeah, yeah. I had Sour Patch in my mind That's already. Right. Um, I like either one of them, Marshy. Yeah, they're, they're both good. Yeah. Yeah. Who is, uh, oh, I don't know. What's the worst candy to get? Typically oh. those those black and orange, like, wax paper. Oh. That, those are, oh, those those are, are terrible. terrible. Who's that? Who's that that lands in Moe's bag? <laughs> True for <laughs> yeah. What about those uh, those little peanut things that are, like, the... Circus like, peanuts? They're, like, gummy peanuts. They're not gummies, but they're, like... Marshmallow, marshmallow peanuts, yeah. circus peanuts. Yeah, those no, are those yeah, circus great. peanuts. Yeah, those like the disgusting. orange, like the orange those things. Those are great. I haven't are you seen. Serious? I will die on that. Those are so bad. <laughs> I have so not good. seen one of those in a long time. 
I love those things. Do you? I do. Do you I like candy do. corn? I, I don't mind good. it. I'm good with candy corn. Like yeah. you're good, like I don't need it, or you're like, I'm I good, like I it. like it. Yeah, I, 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 well, I'm not going to seek too. it out. I'm not going to buy it, yeah. but if it's out, yeah, I'll eat some. Do you think candy corn would be like a pitcher on a one-year deal? Like, it's just there. It's always there. Yeah. Can't go wrong, but yeah, you, can't go wrong. Like you might not be excited yeah, about it. Not everybody loves it. Not everybody loves it, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know who that would be. I don't know. No, and Mo will probably... Oh, sh- never mind. <laughs> Mo would probably show up go to ahead. the... What do you got? I was thinking of um, Bauer. Trevor Bauer? <laughs> yeah. Like, not everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. Some are going to be disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's going to be a one-year deal. I still say this Cardinal should kick the tires on that. Yeah. You, I mean, you could get a freaking ace on a one-year deal. Yeah. And like, in a motivated. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And if he's know, a donkey, you get DFA him. You get rid of him. Who cares? Put him in the, you know, put him in the corner. Corner Whatever. locker spot. In your club let house, him dress down the hall. I don't care. <laughs> Put his locker Trevor, in the this is your Yeah, this is your locker room here. Yeah. Knowing Mo will probably show up to a house much like uh, Frankenstein did in Big Daddy, and the guy will walk out and give him a box of cereal and a watch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Got a first-timer here. Yeah. Mo shows up, and he gives you the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The big one, the big mm-hmm. two pack. He's like, here you go. Got you a picture. Thank you. You open it's candy corn inside. <laughs> <laughs> he just slowly closes the door. He's like, he was great in Japan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Got you a picture. You used to pitch for the Dodgers. Oh! <laughs> Not those ones. Not those Dodgers. Question number six. All right, from the 636, do you guys think Will Levis is the real deal? And is he worth a fantasy football pickup? Yeah, of Anthony course. Pick him up. I Anthony mean, love, it, you've always talked highly of Will Levis, too. I wasn't high on Will Levis coming out of uh, Kentucky. No. You thought he should have stayed another year? No, no. <laughs> I just kind of thought he was what he was, Jamie. Oh, I get it. Uh, but of course, he absolutely torches my team. As if he's some sort of concoction of Dan Marino, Brett Favre, and Joe Montana. <laughs> okay, so let's separate the two questions. Is he worth a, a pickup in fantasy? Of course. I mean, the guy threw for four touchdown Wait, passes who are they yesterday. Next week, though? Pittsburgh, and they have a terrible secondary. Okay. Do we know that Will Levis is a quarterback yet? No. He threw he threw a, a bunch of 50-50 balls yesterday that he completed. He's got a big arm. We know he can run. But can he play quarterback? The Falcons didn't force him to yesterday. So that, that question still remains. But his first game, how can you not be thrilled if you're a Titans fan? Brooke Grimsley's probably fired up right now. I mean, she's you know, she's a she's from Nashville. She's a big Titans fan. Is she a Titans how, fan? Yeah. Right. How could you not be how could you not sure. be fired up with Will with Will Levis? Well, you know what? I could say the same thing about Bears fans and Tyson Bajan. And then he played yesterday. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Not great. No, not great at all. Again, I'll say this. Not great. The throws that Will Levis made yesterday mm-hmm. are not evaluation throws. Baker Mayfield, Mayfield, we, we joke about the, the one game he played, and all, he threw one great pass on the numbers. It was a standard nine route. Go. Boom. And he threw it on the numbers. Great throw. Levis did that all all yesterday. He had some wide ass open receivers. Falcons didn't apparently didn't want to play yesterday. Didn't realize they had a game. 
and Levis, Levis connected. Can he sit there in the pocket and consistently make throws that are accurate in that intermediate part of the game? We'll find out. We don't know yet. So let's not put him in the Hall of Fame, but let's put him on our fantasy teams. Fair? Did you see what uh, Mike Vrabel said post-game? That's my quarterback. Will Levis? No, he just said he had a pretty good debut. I would say so. He didn't really even. No, but he really didn't even give him all that much credit. Well, you got to keep him motivated. You got to keep the kid even keel. You know, know, crazy. Things like that. You don't want him to be like overconfident. Yeah, he probably, you know, also didn't want him to get too ahead of himself because they did play the Falcons. Very true. So, to his credit, the the Falcons' defense had not been given up. They had, they've given up, I think, the lowest or or the least amount of passing touchdowns, I think, on the season. So, it was impressive yesterday. It's a good debut. I love those uniforms, too, by the way. Those old Houston Oilers uniforms are so good. We'll we'll get into that. Why did they have Houston on them, though? Like, Take the uniform, but now make it yours so that you can actually throw it into the rotation at some point. Like mm. instead of Oilers or whatever it was, like oh you're like have Titans. Well, I'm I gonna get th- into this. Yeah, so there's a little confusion there yep. for for obvious reasons. So you have that in what's trending? Yes, Jamie will like this. That's not what's trending. Is, what did I do? No, no, you're you're fine. We understand the confusion. Let's just say the NFL is not pleased over something. Oh, yeah. with me again? Yes, Damn something it. that Jamie did. We got our we got our uh, what's trending next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Jamie, you seemed a little confused at the end of last segment, so let me sort of make it all clear here. This is according to the Houston Chronicle. The NFL has ordered Houston to cease the usage, that is the college, by the way, to cease the usage of their Oilers-inspired alternate uniforms due to trademark infringement. Now, these uniforms aren't identical, but they are nearly identical. The stripes are a little thicker for the Houston Oilers compared to the Houston uh, college team. It's damn near the same jersey. It's, it's, It's the same jersey. Yeah. That's confusing. So when you saw it, it was, it, was the, it was the Houston Cougars you were looking at. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you were looking at the football <laughs> team, Jamie. You were looking at the oh, football team yeah. when you were doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was very it was very confusing because I, I personally love the old Houston Oilers. Yeah. That whole get up, you know, the blue and the red. What do you think of? Warren Moon, Warren Moon maybe. number one. Or Earl Campbell. They go like hand in hand, but Warren Moon more so for me because Warren Moon played in the CFL first, yeah. dominated with the Edmonton Eskimos. Then he went down and played in Houston, and obviously dominated down there as well. Hall of Famer, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I love those uniforms. 
So when I saw that the Tennessee Titans were wearing them, I was obviously excited to, to see that. But then I saw Houston on the helmet. Like, not in that game, in a picture that I saw later on. Yeah. And I was like, why would you do that? Like, mm-hmm. I understand embracing the uniform and that, but put your logo on it or put Titans on the side of it. Like, make it yours so that maybe moving forward, you can actually make it yours. Yeah. Little did I know that the uh, University of Houston, the Cougars, that is, mm-hmm. um, decided to, oh, I don't know, do the same thing on the same weekend. Right. Yeah. And and if you've seen the Houston Cougars. It's almost identical. Yeah. and if But, I mean, their their regular uniforms are, I mean, they're red. They, they wear all red. So it's, it's not like they were any, they, like you said, Jamie, they were clearly trying to pay homage to the Houston Oilers. Either way, those uniforms are awesome. The ones that the, uh, the Titans wore yesterday. Much better than the ones that they normally wear with the eight shades of blue. Oh, it's terrible. It's just dumb. Yeah, that's weird. There are some bad-looking NFL jerseys mm-hmm. right now in the league. Yes. Falcons, one of them. See, I like the – I don't know if you're – I don't know if you really don't like them, but I I actually love the black helmets, black jerseys, and the white pants that they wore yesterday. They're they, fine. I, I think, though, out of all the combinations <laughs> that the Falcons – because they're not a classic team. They're going to – they're going to have different uniforms. You don't right? like their gradient jerseys? Which ones are they? The red that turns into no, the black. Those are t- I hate those. <laughs> terrible. I hate those. It's terrible. They're terrible. Those are terrible. Yeah. There was another team that wore throwbacks this weekend. That was the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Those look sweet. See, I like their current ones better. I don't really like them. I, I think I like them both. I do. Who do you think of for those uniforms? Steve Largent. Same. <laughs> or Kenny Easley. I think he's it's Steve Largent. Just absolutely murder Murders people. people. Oh. Sometimes I think of Rick Meyer, though, which is terrible. What do you mean you don't think of Brian Bosworth? No. <laughs> Rick Meyer? <laughs> that big old helmet. That a huge face mask. Uh, remember those For things? the three games like that he played? Nine yes. bars. <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? No, but he's getting in the air. No. Couldn't see. That's some funny stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, Rick Meyer. Happy Sports Equinox Day. Today is the only sports equinox of the entire year. There is one NFL game, one MLB game, nine NHL games, and 11 NBA games. It is the just the 30th sports equinox ever. And you're probably wondering, but wait! There's more. MLS is playing as well. Well, I have that one for you as well. PM start. If you want to add the MLS, to, <laughs> if you want to add MLS to uh, the slate of sports, um, it's fired up. Eleven. <laughs> this will be the third straight year and first time since October twenty third of twenty twenty two that all five sports have played all the huh. all of the leagues. But a lot of people are saying that uh, they're just counting the four major sports. And if NFL, NHL, MLB, and NBA. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah. Why not? So Sweet. which game will you be watching tonight? I will be watching uh, Lions Raiders, probably. Hmm. I'll definitely be watching my Lions, but I will be. I'll, I'll probably have the tablet going with the World, World Series. Series yeah. yeah. I'll have uh, same same setup. So, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but this past weekend, last last Friday, we mentioned, hey, you know, 
what would get you to watch the World Series? And I said, well, hmm. I'd rather watch the Blues than this World Series. That lasted about a period and a half. Why? And then... <laughs> Jimmy, it didn't go well. Well, which, which night was that? I think you were there. Which night was that? That was Vancouver night, oh. Friday night. Uh, I think oh, after yeah. the fourth goal went in, Corey mm. Seager had a two-run blast to tie it. Oh, this I looks go, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I might switch it over. Yeah. You know what, guys? Um, I wasn't able to do that. No, you were in it. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that, Jamie. That's nah, okay. You did great, though. We, uh, John Kelly and I still have a good time on the call. Absolutely. The college football playoff this week. What? Teams are being announced. Oh, what? the first first week? First week. This is when the first rankings come out for the college football playoff. Oh, I thought they said yep. they were announcing it. How the hell can they announce it? Yeah, no, I, this is... <laughs> you got it. My bad. It's uh, okay. The committee is meeting for the you first time. You had me time. totally confused, though, for a second. I'm, I'm so sorry, Jamie. Uh, who's, your, who's your top four? I got to go with... Heading into this week, it's got to it's be Georgia, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Florida State. Florida State. And... Actually, I'd go Ohio State. Florida State. Florida State. So, exactly the way it sits. One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm trying to think. They uh, haven't lost yet. How can you change it? If they're and, already ranked that way, you can't change it. And if what? Right. And if Washington, I like Washington, but the way that they have played the last two weeks against subpar opponents, yeah. they're on the outside. But you're not going to have a team that's ranked lower leapfrog somebody that hasn't no. lost. Like, it's just not, especially no. for the first week. They're not going to cause chaos right away. Right. They're just going to go, okay. Or will they? No, they won't. Okay. It's the NCAA. Figure it out. Um, figure out top four teams. Okay, here we go. Plop them over here. I think Tennessee was was the top-ranked team last year. Yeah, I think after, after they beat the, Alabama. After the first week. It did not last, Jamie. No. Like at all. No, I think it lasted maybe one week. One more week. Yeah. Do you think this year we'll get one team from the SEC, one from the Big Ten, one from the Big 12, and one from the Pac-12. Not if Alabama beats George, an undefeated Georgia in the SEC championship game, if that's how it winds up. What if all the other teams are undefeated? There's no way in hell they would leave an unbeaten Alabama. I'm sorry, a one-loss Alabama SEC championship game winner out. So that so that would be and and if you're gonna but haven't we already established that the Pac-12 has been one of the better it has conferences this year so well, why why are we get, taking oh the SEC because we're we've all you know we've no, been you the would, best conference in football you would get a you would probably get a Pac-12 team in there um, Oregon if it's Washington well, I guess Michigan and Ohio State Michigan will, and Ohio State will bump each other that's off that's true. So then it comes down. So the question then becomes: Is it a one loss under these circumstances? I'm not saying I'm not saying Alabama yeah. even beat even beats Georgia. Would a one loss Georgia team fall all the way out? Because they'd no. be ranked number one. Don't forget. If all of this plan plays out and Georgia is unbeaten going into the SEC title game, that means they would also be one. Would they drop all the way out so that? One of these other teams gets in. Well, I'm thinking, like, you look at Texas. Okay, if it comes down to Texas and Alabama, Texas beat Alabama. Right? If, Al- if Alabama wins the SEC you championship game, my brain into Alabama. Right now. All you, all, all, here's the debate. If, if, Ala- if Alabama wins the SEC title game and only has one loss, does the committee leave them out? There's no way. I don't know. 
Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out in a couple of we'll months. We'll find out. We're, we're still, what, five, six this weeks This is part away. of the fun, Jamie. No, it's not. It's You're in or out? No, it's like scrambled eggs right now in my like, head. Me personally, I think Oregon might be one of the better teams in the top six. Can't lose to Washington, then. Okay. You make a great point. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like, was waiting for a way bigger fight. No, I'm just saying. Like <laughs> they look great. I was Bo Nix looks great. Like they are. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking at this Florida State. I don't. Jamie, what do you normally good? say? I don't know. What? what do you normally say at this time of year? Florida State's going to lose a game. That's I'm what I'm saying. It, I'm calling like, it right they, now. They, I don't even know who's on their schedule. They're going to lose a game the because a, the ACC always eats each other alive. The, the, they they could have lost to Duke. They could have lost to Clemson. They could have lost to Boston College. They were down at half, I think, to LSU, or at least LSU was outplaying them at half, and then they, they came out in the second. They got Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. Like, that's that's a, that's a cakewalk schedule. Did I say Wake Forest? I meant Pitt. Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, Florida. They should go undefeated, but I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Mizzou's making it. I see, boys. MIZ. Let's do NFL Week 8 takeaways. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. The hell's wrong with the Niners? That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Biggest takeaways from week eight in the NFL. Biggest surprise from a pleasant in a pleasant variety for you guys. Besides Will Levis throwing for four touchdowns. How about that? That's the obvious one. That's the layup. Besides Will Levis throwing four touchdowns in his in his NFL debut against my cold Lanta Falcons. What else surprised you in a positive way? In a positive way? Yes. Um well, for me, I, I had been pretty high on the Bengals from the start of the season. And them annihilating the 49ers 31-17 to 17, kind of surprised me in a pleasant way. Yeah. Uh, although I do have the 49ers going to the Super Bowl on that side of the conference. Um, on the other side, rather. I thought that was pretty, pretty good performance by the Bengals. By you, Marsh. I was pleasantly surprised with how the Chargers looked last night. Granted, they played a terrible team, but Justin Herbert started that game off looking really good. Austin Eckler getting back in the fold. He's been back, but he hasn't been too... He's so fat. He's so explosive. He hasn't been himself lately, coming back from injury. I thought he was great. I thought the team overall looked really good. And... um, you know, I think they're they're heading in the right direction right now. Even though I had the Steelers, I think a pleasant surprise is Jacksonville continuing to they're quietly playing playing very well, especially defensively. Now I know the Steelers don't have much of an offense, and Mitchie football wound up going in that game for Kenny Pickett, and he threw a, a couple of interceptions. But you look back now, Jacksonville after going to London to play two games out there, won those both, did get a home game against the Colts, throttled them, last two road games, short week in New Orleans, hung on to a win there after hanging 31 on them, and then had to go to Pittsburgh and face a Steelers team that, under Mike Tomlin, is usually good as a home dog. And 
the Jaguars were in control from that game pretty much from start to finish. So that was a pleasant surprise. A, uh, a, a disappointing aspect from week eight. What was the thing that kind of disappointed you the most? Um, well, when I look at disappointment, I mean, I, I look I look right at uh, where the hell is that game? I look at the Falcons and the Titans. I, I just didn't see that one coming. I thought for sure the Falcons, especially with Tannehill out, you know, and Will yeah. Levis, the unknown. Well, that I know the unknown was the next one, mm-hmm. the chosen one. Yeah. But that was that was disappointing because it screwed up my pick'em. Yeah. I'm disappointed that uh, I called the Panthers winning on Thursday and Friday. Oh yeah. And then choosing to go against them on Sunday. Actually, Anthony, you were my biggest disappointment. I was my own disappointment. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was certainly disappointing. I think the for, the way that the 49ers are losing these games too has been disappointing. Because I want to believe that there are elite teams in in the NFL, there's not. Even Philly. Philly struggled again with Washington. They, they, I've said this now for two straight years. Whatever Washington's doing, especially to Philly's defense, f- copy it. Cuz Washington's the only team that kind of gives Philly a bunch of trouble, at least the last two years they have. But San Francisco playing the way they have the last three weeks where their defense is just getting shredded on the ground. It started with that Browns game. Their first loss. The Browns shredded them. The Bengals don't even want to run the football. They rushed for 135 yards yesterday. And, of course, they couldn't get off the field against Minnesota on Monday night. So San Francisco, ever since we crowned them following the Dallas win, they have tanked. First loss, kind of explainable. You're banged up. You're on the road. Crap weather. But the last two weeks, Minnesota took it to you, and so did Cincinnati. I think my biggest disappointment is in the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they had a huge week in week seven, especially with their offense, which we've talked about. You know, is is the offense going to click at some point, right? The defense has been good, but is the offense going to click? And it did last week. But then they lost to high knees at mile at uh, <laughs> at, at mile high. So it, it that's a game that I mean you just can't lose. They haven't they haven't lost to the Broncos since I was a freshman in college, 2015. Yeah, it's been wow. a long time. Actually, I, I, maybe I was a sophomore. I can't remember, but uh, it's been that long. It's been that long since they've lost to the Broncos. Like, a lot of the things we use today, a lot of the apps that we use, they didn't even exist. <laughs> like, people use TikTok. That didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. What are you doing? You cannot lose to the Broncos. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one, to say the least. Makes you wonder, Patrick Mahomes having an illness all the way up to game time, makes you wonder if they shouldn't have just sat him. Yeah. You know what? I thought th- I had a... A thought on this. Like, you're thinking... Sorry, go ahead, Marshy. Okay, you, you say, oh, he's got an illness. And he did. I heard his fever was over 100. He has an illness. They win. Oh, my gosh, Pat Mahomes, a flu game. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has an illness. They lose. Oh, he was he was sick. What are you saying, Marsh? I'm just saying. There's They're crowning him? There's just built-in excuses and or built-up hype. Because it's the Chiefs. I just look at it from a standpoint of the Broncos are so bad. I would be like, hey, Patrick, take the day off. Take the day off. 
Yeah, give Blaine Gabbert some looks. Well, we don't. It's not like I know they end up losing to the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> well, he was because he was sick. I, he wasn't great. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. He wasn't great. He wasn't. You think Patrick Mahomes was good? No. He was not. No, the whole team stunk. The whole team stunk. But yes, Mahomes really struggled. Yeah. And anytime they had any sort of drive going where you thought, oh, here it comes, they, they turned the ball over again. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. What you mm-hmm. miss, criticisms, compliments. The, oh, the show, Jamie. That's next oh, on 101 ESPN. It's you talking to me. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, we have Monday Night Football for you tonight. Lions versus Raiders pregame at 6.30 following an instant replay. And us here in the Fast Lane. And you can listen to the podcast from today's show at 101ESPN.com. Your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked a lot about the Blues today. Talked, to, uh, talked about the upsets and everything that happened in the National Football League. Had a kind of an interesting discussion toward the end of the show. Marsh brought up Alabama and whether actually you didn't even bring up Alabama you brought up whether or not we could see four different unbeaten conference opponents make the four playoffs this year the four earn the four spots and I had thrown in well if Alabama wins the SEC title game against Georgia an unbeaten Georgia you're going to keep them out and you're going to keep Georgia out so we kind of had an interesting thought on that and the World Series discuss whether or not we've got ourselves a World Series now after the Diamondbacks won one on the road on on uh what was what was it saturday night saturday night and tonight we've got game three tomorrow we're broadcasting diamondbacks rangers game four march you got any criticisms or compliments today yeah we have a few from the 636 great opening segment i almost peed myself what did we do in the opening i don't know i was just talking shop yeah well good i'm glad i mean well i don't know is it good yeah oh yeah eat themselves yeah i mean pee Mm -hmm. in your pants is cool right yeah. If not, or if so, consider me Miles Davis. There you mm-hmm. go. Uh, the 636 thought that Jamie's rant about City SC was hot. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought you laid it down. They brought that on themselves. They really did. And uh, a different 636 said, totally agree. I wish STL City SC would have stuck to what was working. I think they needed JK and SA up top. Not sure if it would have helped or not, but I think, uh, but I would think that would have been our best chance along with a couple other adjustments. I'm with you. So is Jamie. Yep. Not everybody agrees, though. A lot no. of people were ticked at Jamie. Yeah. For bringing up the, the strategy behind the, the loss last night. The tactics. Yeah. yeah. The tactical soccer. Okay. From the 618, criticism and compliment. Anthony looks great on YouTube. Thank you. But Ranthony won't hold Pobo Mo or the front office accountable. In fairness to Ranthony, he will. I won't. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the In cards fairness today. To all of really? it, really. Uh, no. There was not a moment. I mean, we had Mo collecting candy at the, on Halloween, but that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't really talk about the Cardinals. I mean, Adam Wainwright officially retired. You saw that, right? Yeah, his right. reason was for... Uh, 
getting a puppy. Got a puppy. Yeah, because he had lots of Makes people sense. reaching out to him, wondering if he's actually retiring or not. You know, so he make one more run at it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like seven hundred one. Photoshot or uh, did the screenshot of the yeah. retirement papers? Like, I think. who doesn't want seven hundred one? Yeah, you know, right? Yep. Congratulations, too, by the way, to Adam Wainwright mm-hmm. on the new puppy. Yeah, he's gonna love it. Mm-hmm. What do you think he's gonna name it? Uh, I think they already have a name for Didn't it. They name it Yachty. Wouldn't that be the right thing to do? I think so. Didn't they already name the puppy? Look, we Why don't know. Why would you name the puppy and give it to somebody? I thought they named him Louie. Oh, they did, oh. too. Did they? Well, they said his name was Louie. But if you're Adam Wainwright, do you change the name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not Adam Wainwright, so I What do you, what do you, think of, so do you guys yeah. think of when you hear Louie? I think he's, of the Blues mascot. Blues mascot. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think of the Blues mascot, so Louie. Every time somebody... <laughs> <laughs> Well played. Thank Every you. time somebody comes over to the house, hey, meet Louie. Oh, you're a blues fan. No, it's like from St. Louis, Louie. Yeah. Yeah, always yeah. explaining it. Mm. That'd be tough. I think I'd call him Charlie. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know? Yeah. People, that be like, oh, Uncle Charlie. I get yeah. it. Yeah. That right. would make sense. Charlie, get Dad a beer. <laughs> what? I always wanted a dog to go get beer. Yeah. That would uh, be not nice. The, the cans are, you got to be careful. Yep. Puncture those things. Dragging it to you. Now they wait to try to sit there and get drunk. <laughs> I get you your beer. You know what I think of you? <laughs> there it is. Somebody get me some candy. Just sitting there on your rear end. Why do all the work? I get you a frame beer. <laughs> uh, from these 636. Six. crap in your bed later. Oh, man. Blame it on you. Check out the movie Strays if you like that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling us about yeah. it. Yeah. Don't uh, watch it with the kids. From the 636, when in doubt, blame Anthony for everything. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I take full accountability on this uh, pick'em challenge being a tie this week. I do. And that is even after BT didn't get a layup <laughs> of a pick in. I will be shot twice that tomorrow. That ends up being the TSN turning point, too. It really was. <laughs> get Anthony a towel. <laughs> it, not good, man. Ah. So, yeah, I'll get shot twice tomorrow. I get shot too. I owe oh, one. that's right. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. From last oh, wow. week. Can I? Can I do both of them? You can do us both, Marsh. No doubt. Both Perfect. Butt, huh? Two for one. Mm. All right. You're only human. From Can't the, blame him. Last one here. From the three one four. Thanks for the time you spent on the topic of safety. Oh yeah, that was the uh, neck guard thing there. Mm-hmm. I stand behind it too. We'll see. Hopefully. Uh, Something gets done there. That was scary. Woof. You never, I mean, that's just, it's, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. It's, a, it's, it's really sad. So, uh, Jamie had talked about, too, getting, getting one for Ashley's son. So, yeah, we bought it one. already. So, hopefully it's in uh, tomorrow or maybe even today. Who knows? There you go. All right, that'll do it for us. Again, Lions Raiders pregame for Monday Night Football at 6.30. We've got instant replay coming up right now. Diamondbacks and Rangers will be playing game three tonight. We've got game four airing for you tomorrow. So, we've got, uh, got a bunch of big-time sports-related stuff coming up over the, last, or over the next couple of nights. Equinox! For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.